0: Podcast is a proud of a member, member of the Horror, Horror Podcasting Network. Network. www.horrorcast.com And welcome to the Cadaver Lab Podcast.
1: I'm Mike. And I am Sam.
0: And this is episode 27.
1: That's a bad number. Why? Is oh yeah, because... a whole bunch of rockers that die at 27? Like yeah, a lot like of people. Lane Staley
0: did. Yeah. And so did uh, Kurt, Kurt Cobain, Cobain. And then... Jimi uh, Hendrix. Oh, he did? James Joplin. Do you want to know why that is? Why? Because if you had two plus seven, it's nine, which is the last number before ten. And apparently that's significant, dude. That's that scares <laughs> right. me really bad. I'm glad I'm past that. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't think anybody's gonna die at uh, five. Yeah, you hope not. <laughs>
1: okay. Jeez. Three plus two. Oh yeah, go. yeah. No, no. Yeah, no. That that. There's nothing significant about that.
0: No good. Which is good. But uh, today we're gonna talk about uh, horror hosts. This is going to be a good show. Yeah, I think. I'm excited. It's going to be. I think it's going to be a little bit longer. I think it's going to be a good one. It was Very it was fun prepa-
1: preparing for it, at least. Yeah, yeah. You know, you got anything to talk about before we get into it? Well, I have one thing. Well, let's hear um, it. well I was with hanging out with uh, my wife. Uh, her she has a friend and her husband, uh-huh. and they have a new little baby. And they had uh, little Einstein's yeah. video. Oh yeah, okay. And so they put this on, and I am sitting there watching. I've never seen those before. Have you seen those? Oh yeah, we have. We have like a whole collection. Those are a little weird. Yeah. Like I'm just, I'm watching and I can't pull myself away. (laughs) And so this guy was talking to me about it. He's like, you know, whoever did this made so much money. Oh, yeah. And I had a bright idea. I'm like, why don't we make adult Einstein videos and start collecting all these weird stuff from all these movies and things, like little scenes and throw them in there for adults to watch. You know what we should do?
0: I have a great idea. Okay. We should get the psychobantium. Yes. Copy it. And send it out as a dull Einstein. That's exactly <laughs> because that's, that's kind of what it's exactly. like. I don't know if you guys remember us talking about that, but it was a uh, avant garde. Yes, and it was just it was kind of uh, fairly abstract. Let's just say, mm-hmm. and that's all it is. I'm not I'm not bagging on it. No. I'm just saying, like just like the baby Einsteins, it's very abstract. Mm-hmm. Make a billion. You got to you got to hook up with those people to make sure that all uh, doesn't come crashing down. on i right, I'll I'll check on that. All right, all right, cool. So, uh, God, I've got to tell you, I have not had a good week. Why so, not? Uh, I don't want to get into it because I don't want to complain about it. But what I do want to mention is the fact that I am glad that we're here recording because it is getting my mind off all the other bull crap that's going on. Here. I agree 100%. So, gosh dang, let's do it. Oh, right, here's it. Here's, we got a couple of uh, interesting emails. Okay. So... Uh, let's start out with, uh, well, we'll just get right into the voicemails and, and feedback and stuff because then we have, then, cause we have a lot of stuff to talk about. Mm-hmm. So we'll just get into this. Uh, first of all, this was actually, I think it was, I don't know if he emailed this directly to me or if I got it off the, um, oh no, it looks like he emailed it directly to me. A message from TTKK from the, uh, forums. And, uh, basically I guess he was listening to some old episodes or something when we used to, we used to have people send in trivia Oh yeah, and uh, so he thought that he would send one in for us, and he thinks he's got one to stump us. So, have you read this yet? Um, I've read over it. Oh, I mean, I've just glanced over uh-huh. it. I, I try not to look at it because I like I want to be
2: fair. Right, right.
0: You know, I don't I don't want to. You know, I it's no fun if you just look at it and you already know everything. Uh, you, you get what I'm saying? Okay. Okay. So, let, let, do you want to do? Yeah, this? Let's, let's do it. it. Let's do it. Okay. Here it goes. Uh, let's see. There's a few questions. We'll go through them one at a time. What is the name of the alligator? In the movie Alligator, A. Raymond, B. Ramon, or C. Ralph. I actually do know this one.
1: I'm gonna say, what was the first one? Raymond. Raymond. It's Raymond.
0: It's actually Ramon. Oh damn! Because I remember watching this movie going that uh, that
1: alligator doesn't look Mexican. <laughs> It didn't have a little mustache. that wasn't pulling your <laughs> Oh, Jeez,
0: no. I was like, I'm like, yo, what is buddies called? Hey, rabon. Let's you know, let's go eat some honkeys. Do do Mexicans say honkeys? Or I think so. Just a, I don't know. Just a, I don't care. It doesn't change the fact that we're honkeys. I guess yeah. so. All right. So, uh, oh, by the way, TTKK, we we need you to send us an email with how we did, uh, yeah. just so because I'm not. I, I mean, I guess we could. Look I won't it, be able to sleep until I know. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, what am I, Grandma? Did I say, oh, dear? Oh, my gosh, I'm editing that out. You know, it's funny because people will talk and they'll say, dude, you should just leave everything in because it kind of makes it extreme when you say you're going to edit it out but you leave it in. But I, I just said, oh, dear. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff that gets edited out. It gets out. edited out. So, yeah, it's, like, less extreme. <laughs> makes it less extreme. <laughs> All right. Uh, next question. Which actor has played both Jesus and Satan? A, Max von Sydow. B, Robert De Niro, and C. Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. You know, I don't know this for sure. But well, I know
1: Willem Dafoe played Jesus.
0: Yeah, he, in The Last Temptation of Christ, he played Jesus. Yeah. And I do know that uh, Robert De Niro played Satan in Angel Heart. Mm-hmm. But I think those are a couple of red herrings. So I'm actually, I don't know, and i and I look, but I'm going to guess Max von Sydow, just because those are two obvious red herrings. All right. Or if, if they're not obvious red herrings, then I'm an idiot. But that, I'm going to stick with, um, you knew that is? That was the priest yeah, on The yeah. Exorcist. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. Jeffrey Combs had a small role in which movie? And then he put show in parentheses with a smiley oh, face. Oh, jeez. Waste, you man. Just teasing uh, the man with the screaming brain, uh, the man with two brains, and the man who knew too little. And I actually just watched this, so I know. I watched it with my wife. I'm going to say the man who knew too little. Nope. The man, okay. The man who knew too little was with uh, Dr. Venkman. What was his name yeah, Bill Murray? Yeah, Bill Murray. I, I, he's, he's, I definitely know he's not that because that's one of my all-time favorite comedy yeah. shows. Uh, Man with the Screaming Brain. I would have noticed because that's a, that's a uh, Bruce Campbell. Uh-huh. He had uh-huh. written, directed, and everything. But uh, I'm going to say The Man with Two Brains. I, if, if I'm thinking of the right movie, it's the one with, uh, what's his name? Uh, I can't remember. The Pink Panther. The guy who played, just oh, played Steve the Martin. Pink, Steve Martin. Yeah. Oh.
1: So I'm going to go with that one. What, are you going, what did you say? i go with you. Oh, I just throw my ideas out. I have no idea. Uh, I haven't seen any of these movies Oh, are we
0: guys. coming to a consensus and then shouting out one answer? Is it the collective? It's a collective. Okay. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. Okay. So let's go with B, the man with two brains. All right. Which horror icon has won a Grammy? Vincent Price, Robert England, or Angus Scrim? Angus Scrimm. Do you know that for sure?
1: No. I'm, I just think the other, I've heard of the other two, so that's got to be wrong. Well,
0: the grammar, the, oh, you don't know who Angus Scrimm is? Oh, the shit. tall man.
1: Oh shit! Now I'm dead. <laughs>
0: uh, Angus Scrimm, I. You know the thing is, is I. I I'm kind of going with your logic on the same thing. I, for some reason, I think I remember hearing something about like, liner notes or something, and I don't remember. And I. And I know that Grammys are the music awards, right?
3: Oh yeah. So
1: the, So it's. So I'm going to go scrim. Actually. What? Well, you know, but the thing is, is what about? Uh, because I know Vincent Price did the, the thriller. Well, yeah, but he didn't write it. He just lent his voice to it. Right. So do you think, well, yeah. No, I'm still going to go with Scrim. Yeah, okay.
0: I'm glad. Let's go with that. Uh, which Hollywood star, star's first appearance in movies was the Shockley Parasite? Ooh. Was, okay, Schlocky. I think he was supposed to say Schlocky, but he spelled it sh- Shockley. But uh, either way. The Shockley or Schlocky Parasite? A, Jennifer Aniston, B, Daryl Hannah, and C, Demi Moore. B, Daryl Hannah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I do not know. I, I don't
1: I'm taking a complete guess.
0: I know it's not Jennifer Aniston because her, her first movie, I think, was Leprechaun.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: So, it's either Daryl Hannah and Demi Moore or Demi Moore. I don't know. Daryl Hannah sounds fine to me. Let's do it. Yeah, you know, that one would be really easy to cheat on, too, because the oh. movie's right here. Yeah, we're not going to cheat, though. Oh, man, that sucks. I like cheating. Uh, okay, Jason Patrick is the son of which horror icon? And I know this one. Jason Miller, Bill Moseley, or David Hess? David Hess. Do you know who David Hess is? No. he's. Oh, have you ever seen The Last House on the Left? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's that ugly guy oh, that, right. looks, that looks like... Yeah. I don't think he was acting much. He just looks so slimy. Actually, it's not. It's Jason Miller who played... Uh, the father Karras, Father Karras in uh, The Exorcist.
3: Oh, ah, so, interesting!
0: Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, which Hollywood star once appeared in the Freddy's, Freddy's Nightmare series? And I know this one too: uh, George Clooney, Brad Pitt, or Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. Nope. George Clooney. I know. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, Brad Pitt. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I I remember reading that because uh, what movie was he in? Oh, uh, Interview with the Vampire. I remember reading an article saying. You know, he goes back to his horror roots. Oh. And, you know, he, he was freaking in one episode of, of uh, Freddy's Nightmare. Did you ever catch that?
1: No, I was too young.
0: My no. parents wouldn't let me watch that.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't even remember that
0: being. <laughs> it was on. just a TV show right. where they were, like, I, if I remember correctly. Basically it was just a hour long drama and then at the very end Freddie would show up the You like know what actually seconds. I
3: do
1: I vaguely remember something like that. Really? Was it on about the same time as Friday the thirteenth yeah, series? I mean, yeah, it was okay it was like okay. an,
0: when I was really young, when we were okay. really uh,
1: okay, so let's
0: see, which one are we on? The director of 1968's The Green Slime, which is way underrated by the way, went on to direct which iconic Asian hit
1: Juwan, Ringu, or Batter Royale? Juwan. <laughs> I'm so good at just throwing them out when I have no
0: idea. This one, I just actually just watched Battle Royale, not too long ago. I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess Battle Royale. All right, I go with you. Do you want to, do you want to stick with me? Okay, cool. Uh, okay, which Jaws movie featured the largest shark? Jaws, Jaws 3D, and Jaws: The Revenge.
1: It's got to be Jaws 3D. I think
0: it's Jaws 3D, and I'll and I'll tell you why I guess that. Or that, I don't know why you guess it, maybe you can double Because it. it's 3D. They want something <laughs> big. Maybe. But I remember a scene where there's this, there's this giant shark, you know, that, that's the one where they have this underwater, mm-hmm. these tunnels and all that mm-hmm. stuff, and they have this, like, command center with this giant window, and there's this shark that moves up to it, and it's, like, just looking in, and it was supposed to be this ultra-smart ultra shark, mm. and I remember it swam backwards. And it was just so huge. I'm like, oh, this is so stupid. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm going with that one. All right. Um, let's see. Andy Kaufman appeared in which Larry Cohen flick? Uh, A. Q. The winged the winged serpent. It's alive. Or God told me to. It's alive. I'm, I'm going to go with God told me to. I'm just going to quit guessing. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't. I, I I'm pretty sure. Well, and here's here's how why I'm guessing. I've seen all three of these, and I do. I definitely don't remember him in Q, or It's Alive. So I'm going to go with C. God told me to because it was kind of around that same time. It was still kind of. It was in the 70s. That movie came out in the 70s, and I haven't watched it for a long time. But, but anyway, uh, that's kind of what I'm going for. But that was email number one. So cool. TTKK, get back with us and let us know how we did. Well,
1: now I I have an email. Oh, okay. That I've got to read because I. Oh, got great. To, okay. I throw down. I've thrown down the challenge, and I continue to do so, that I will not be stumped on a Six Degrees. I won't. (laughs) So we had somebody try. The Wolfman, he uh, sent in, he says, I've been listening to the show for a while now. Headphones and a 10-hour workday make for a lot of podcast listening, and I think I've got an entry for you on the Six Degrees of Bruce Campbell challenge that you've been waiting to have answered since Episode 5, was it? I'm working under the assumption that the rules are still only that the movie must have had an American DVD release. This one's available through Netflix, so it's clearly had one. Whispering Corridors. And it's even a horror movie, so it falls under all the categories. Okay, cool. So if you can get that one back to Bruce Campbell in Six Degrees, I at least will no longer be able to consider you a noob. Not that my opinion amounts to much. Your opinion does mount to much because... Why are you being so nice? Just because. Hey, I appreciate the email. It's like oh, the first yeah. one I've ever gotten. Oh, so, yeah. Except for the porn that whoever sends me that <laughs> I know not to click on. Yeah. Uh, anyways, okay, so... I, I went and I found it. So here we go. Roha Kim. This is a South Korean movie, by the way. That's why this is so difficult. Mm-hmm. So Ro ha, Ro ha Kim was in Whispering Corridors, um, and who was also in Daokoman in Siang with Byung-hun Lee, who was also in Hero with Gregory Pecker, or Picar. Oh, it wasn't Gregory Peck? and You were making a no. joke? It's Gregory no. Pecker? It's Gregory Pecker. Holy crap. That who was also in Lost in that. Translation. Bill Murray was in there. With buddy. Dr. Vinkman. With Scarlett Johansson. Bug. Who was also in The Prestige with Michael Caine, who was in also in The Cider House Rules with Tobey Maguire, who was in Spider-Man with Bruce Campbell. <laughs> so six degrees, I got it. Let's ne- just say neener, thank neener, neener.
0: goodness for Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, absolutely. But uh, that took me a long time. That took like 45 minutes. Oh, wow. To get that. But I got it because I had, you wouldn't believe what I had to do, but I was not going to get stumped.
0: Oh, okay, cool. So okay. game on. <laughs> Good job, man. Okay. So I got one more email, and uh, this is from a fellow podcaster that has actually contacted us before, but it's been quite a while. And I actually went and checked out his podcast, but it's in German, I think. Um, and, yeah, it's been a very long time since, he's, since he contacted us, but his name is Cassio Argento. Uh, let me Let me see. Let me pull up his email here. All right, here it is. And this is, this is uh, in response to, you know, you remember how we were talking about last episode about how Zombie 2 didn't really, it, there was no Zombie 1. They mm-hmm. were trying to cash in on the Dawn of the Dead. Right. Well, this is, this is interesting because we get a, uh, a German, you know, real life experience because here, you know, we didn't get anything. Right. But here, here is uh, a quick email. Let me read it real quick. One thing I wanted to add is, you know, over here in Germany, Romero's Dawn of the Dead was released under the title Zombie. When Day of the Dead was released, it had the title Zombie 2. Okay, so, it was, it was in, so in, in Italy it was Zombie 2, but apparently in Germany it was Zombie. Okay. So, okay. Um, let's see. Romero's Dawn of the Dead was released under the title Zombie as well. Okay, so th- this is a little bit different. Uh, well, Day of the Dead was released. It, when Day of the Dead was released, it had the title Zombie 2. So when you went to the video stores back in the 80s, you had Fulci's Zombie 2 and then Romero's Zombie 2, like, standing next to each other in the, in the video store. I think, what wow. did I say? Something wrong? Okay, I, yeah, basically. So, so I guess I guess I screwed up there. What ended up happening is Zombie 2 came out there, and then uh, uh, they released Day of the Dead as Zombie 2 there, too. So wow, that, that can get a little confusing. Oh, yeah.
1: That's why, problem. you know, reason number 854, why everything should just be in English. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you know, the thing <laughs> is, is I assume that Cassio can speak English because he emailed us in English. Yeah. And um, he listens to the show. And trust me, it's hard enough knowing English to listen to the show. So uh well, and and you it's know, your first. I'm, language. I'm joking
1: around because I am I am one of the stupid idiots who only knows one language. Yep. And we have a lot of people that are fluent in several. So oh yeah, I can joke around about English being superior, but
0: <laughs> not me. Uh Did you notice that book there on your desk? I did. That is your copy. Thank you. I was, was going to ask you the about rough that. guide to horror movies. We what was it? We talked about it last week. I've actually been reading it. It's good uh, bathroom material, like I mentioned. And, uh, you know, they, they chop it up perfectly so that each little section takes about as long to read as it does to take a dump. Unless, of course, you ate something really raunchy the night before or something. But I'll tell you what, go with that. It's, it's decent so That's far. That's awesome. Thank you very Also, where's much. that CD that was there? Did you, there, was was there? Not a, there was not a CD. Uh, I put a CD up there. Did you? Anyway, we'll find it. That was uh, Johnny from Oklahoma's CD that he sent for us. He sent us each a CG copy.
1: That's awesome, man. Yeah, it's around here
0: somewhere. (laughs) We'll find it. We'll find it. uh, We actually did a lot of uh, the the studio. We moved it around a little. And I noticed that it's a little more uncomfortable because Sam and I are closer together staring right at each other in the eyes.
1: Which is going to make, who knows what's going to happen on the voicemail. Because usually when we hear the voicemail, we can look away from each other so we're not making fun of stuff. (laughs) I'm afraid of what's going to happen tonight. (laughs) (laughs) I have a feeling
0: I am afraid as well. Speaking of voicemail, oh, oh, oh. I forgot. We're gonna add. We're gonna add a new segment to the yes. show. And you know what? Before I put this out, I'm gonna come up with a great bumper, and uh, yeah. we're gonna put this here to introduce the show. So, here's the bumper. No, 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 no. Okay. Um, yeah. So basically, the new uh, segment of the show is we're gonna we're going to give a weekly tribute to something in horror. Yeah. We we have a funny one I think this week because. <laughs> Because uh, we're going to make a tribute to those stupid ass videos that you find on YouTube or on the internet that were especially popular a, a few years ago. That start off with you like looking into some video, just just watching it or something, and then you know it tells you to look closer or look harder at it, and then all of a sudden like the, the face of Reagan will show up and go bah! and it scares the shit out of you.
1: I. Did- <laughs> Those are awesome. I still remember the first one I had seen. <laughs> yeah, And I pulled it up to show Mike when we were talking about doing this for the show. And it's this maze that it says, can you get to level three? or Yeah, I think it's level three. <laughs> or can you get to level four? And so you have to take this little dot with your mouse and go through this maze. And the very last one, there's only one little way you can go through to the exit. So you're going really slow and you have your face right up next to the computer screen. And I'll tell you what, the first time I saw that, I, I peed a little. <laughs> I mean, it was so scary. I jumped back because I had my speakers on. I'd never seen anything like that. That was scary.
0: Okay, so today at work, my brother Jeff comes over. and uh, he, So he walks over and he turns on my speakers and turns up the volume a little. Yeah, that's he goes, clue number one. He, well, you know, he was trying to be all sly. I was on the phone at the time, so he didn't think I noticed. But uh, he goes, dude, I want to show you this video. And I go, I know what it is. It's something you're going to try to scare me with. But sh- sure enough, he brought it up, and it's like this haunted chair. You know, and I'm like, dude, here comes the screams. Like, no, 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 there's going to be no scream, you know, lying right Right. directly to my face. But then, uh, sure enough, there's Reagan. And uh, I'll tell you what, even though I knew it was coming, (laughs) you know, got me a little.
1: I love it. It Those are are great.
0: You know, and and it's those types of things that are pretty dang cool.
1: And you know what? Kudos to anybody who actually gets someone with one of those,
0: especially now. That's what I mean. I mean, I'll tell you what, the first time. I saw one of those. It lit me up, man. <laughs> it scared the crap out of me. I, I, it was it was unfair. You know, it rocked your Saturday. <laughs> huh? No, I mean, I couldn't believe it. And the thing is, is back then I, I didn't know that if someone turns up. Oh, oh no no, it was actually an email, and they're like, and, you, and they're like, oh, you have to listen. Oh, I know what it was. They have this picture, and they're like, you know what? Listen to the music behind the picture. It really helps the mood. But look deeply into this picture, and you will see. Something pretty cool, and sure enough, there was a screaming thing that came up and lit me up.
1: You know what else I got one time that was so horribly horrible? What my sister sent it to me, and she said, Make sure the speakers are up. And this is before it was really popular, so Uh no big deal. So I turn the speakers up, and I'm doing this thing, and it's like this questionnaire or something. And as soon as you answer the last question, this big, huge picture of uh, Paunch from Chips in in Liz, little Daisy Dukes comes up, and it says, "I'm looking at gay porn. I'm looking at gay porn." And I had it on at work. I had to explain to everybody around me. I am not looking at gay porn. Come here and look at what I'm looking at. And there's Ponch right there with his Daisy Dukes on. It's like, and you can't get it off the screen. Oh You have to man. turn your computer off. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah,
0: I was. Yeah, it happened to me. I was at school once, and all of a sudden, I went to this site. That and then all of a sudden, I heard, "Hey, everybody, I'm looking at porn over here." But I mean, it was it was during like a lab, so I look around and everybody just kind of laughing it was funny (laughs) anyhow so okay that's our tribute of the week nice job scary things we owe you one yeah yeah are we ripping off those uh one of those the bud light uh, great american heroes oh, those are or awesome. whatever yeah anyway i encourage all of the listeners to email us with your with what you think deserves a tribute
1: and do your best to to knock us off course like it's you know give us an explanation of why we should watch it that's not scary hey check this out cuz it's blah 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 oh yeah blah, blah. turn on your speakers because
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah it's really pretty music and you just want to listen to it you know? yeah, yeah but uh, let's try you know let's try to make it horror horror related but we will accept non horror like related but yeah, I still got lit up by by, by the first time I watched that. No, Anyways, funny. I I just bring that up because my brother also told me that he it got him today because he he always has the speakers on. Anyway, all right, so let's get into voicemails. Yeah.
4: Hi, this is
5: Julie from Nineteen Nocturne Boulevard, and uh, I wanted to call. I've been listening to your back episodes. So this is pretty much a daylight and a dollar short. But uh, my comments on Event Horizon. I love this film. I saw it several times in the theater. Um it, I kept dragging friends to go see it. (laughs) I think the problem a lot of people had with this movie is when they went to see it, I mean, because a lot of people at the time were like, ew, it's horrible, it's horrible. I think the problem is that when they went to see it, they expected a sci-fi movie. And it's actually a ghost story. It's a haunted house movie. And that threw them off really, really badly. They weren't expecting a horror film. They were expecting an action sci-fi movie. And uh, that's one of the things that contributed to the movie, just not getting the success it needed to get. It should have got. Um, I wanted to comment on some of the things you guys said. <laughs> uh, one was, y- you guys criticized the whole baby bear, mama bear thing. It's just nicknames. They had nicknames for each other. Whoopie doo. You know, it could have been, you know, it could have been ace and... You know, something, you know, alpha or something. It's just whatever. It made them feel like a team to me. I had no problem with it. In fact, they felt more like a team to me than the characters in Alien Resurrection, which came out within a year, like, after it. And I could not help but compare them. In fact, I think it was even closer than that. And the two of them came out, like, bam, bam. And the team in Alien Resurrection did not feel like a team to me. They felt like a bunch of characters that somebody wrote for a movie, while the team in Event Horizon felt like a team. They felt like a group of people who had worked together and had to depend on each other and dealt with each other and laughed at each other and whatever. Um, then okay. <laughs> and you were talking about the plot holes and who saw their nightmares. Well, I, I always got the feeling the ship was picking on the people with the most guilt. Because it was that was what it was going through. It wasn't going through nightmares. It was what you felt guilty about. She felt guilty about leaving her son behind. He felt guilty about abandoning his crew member, or as a under his uh, command. Uh, Neil felt guilty about his wife. It was it was getting them through guilt, and not everybody has that magnitude of guilt. Um, And, you know, you never saw anything for the doctor, the blonde chick, the goofy black guy, and Sean Pertwee. Um, My biggest plot hole was where did the blonde chick go for half the film? Because she just vanishes and then shows up later, and you never find out. Um, It doesn't bother me much. It's just, you know, one thing I noticed. I never really noticed that they didn't ask about the other woman because by that point everybody was freaking out, and they thought she was still picking up scrubbers and things. Um... I just didn't see it as a big deal, and everybody was really freaking at that point. I mean, they may have asked later, later, but from that point on, pretty much, it's survival or don't. Now, uh, the biggest argument that I ever got in about this movie was about going out the airlock. Because everybody, everybody's like, oh, you went out the airlock, oh, he'd be dead, he'd explode in space, because he went out the airlock without a suit. I'm like, dude, they're not in space, they're inside, or they're right inside the atmosphere of Uranus. So, there's atmosphere out there, it's suck atmosphere, but it's not vacuum. It's it's a huge difference, and that, so that I mean, he had, you know, two seconds or whatever, but that was enough to get saved. And that completely, you know, made that a functional plot point. Um, now I have to say one of my favorite things, and that guy, um, the baby bear, um, he's also in Idle Hands. He was the metal rocker guy in that. Another movie I like, despite everyone's criticism of it and any of the actors who might be in it. Um, I'm a big, I'm a big Seth Green fan. Uh, and uh, oh, and I have to say, oh my God, when Sean Pertwee when the, there's explosion, and he goes jumping. He like does that tumble over the table with the cigarette in his hand and it's like curved under and he comes up with it still. I was just like, now there is a dedicated smoker. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's bizarre, the things that strike me. Now here's the old, and, and who, would go to sh- who would go to space in the Event Horizon? I'm sorry. You take one step on that ship and you go, okay, who the hell designed this? Who's the interior de- decorator? Is it the bastard son of H.R. Giger and Clive Barker? you don't let somebody like that pimp your ride. (laughs) You don't make a ship look that scary. I mean, the entire inside is a rib for her pleasure. What can you say? So (laughs) I'm just like, okay, we want more lights, white walls. We want it to look clinical and pretty. We don't want it to look like something that's going to go to hell. (laughs) And actually, okay, now here is my personal theory behind the movie. And to me, this fits a lot of things which is that uh, the Sam Neil, the doctor guy, right from the start, you, you think that he's okay and then turns bad? No, I think he's from the start bad, because I think they never give you a timeline on when his wife died. I think she killed herself, and then he designed the ship to go to hell to find her. Think about it. Cool, huh? Bye-bye
1: well thanks Julie appreciate that uh yeah event horizon that's that's a classic show um and but but I'll, I'll be honest with you if if someone were to call me baby Bear I would punch him in the nose until they bled so it's just that's a how many punches though. do you think it would take for you to bloody someone's nose ah uh, for me probably four <laughs> <laughs>
6: so yeah,
0: yeah. i love I love turning things into um a statement of how big a pansy I know. Is. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no, but I'll tell you what, Julie. Um, you, you guys need to check out her show, Nineteen Nocturne Boulevard audio dramas. She actually asked me if I could do one. you know, oh really? Too. And I and I thought about doing it, but then I don't know. I don't think I'm good enough. I don't. will tell well, you right honestly, now. Honestly, I don't know if I have enough time,
1: extra time. But I. But they're pretty high quality. Listen, I'll be honest. I I'm not a drama person. Like that kind of stuff. Just kind of, yeah. <laughs> I, like that, I mean, that's great. Uh, oh, but sure. I just, I'm just not like I, I have a hard time going to live plays. Well, it's fun to listen to, but it, for me, but yeah, I don't know. I have a hard time going to to like live plays and watching people overact. Uh, that's yeah. kind of well. That, it's just a little embarrassing. Well, I
0: listened one. Th- I don't know if they're overacting. Maybe they are a little. I guess I don't know. But I mean, it was really entertaining. Mm-hmm. And it was. Let's put it this way. It was they prepared for it actually. Oh, that's good. That's <laughs> well, good. I, I was just going to say, unlike this one where we just like print out a page of notes <laughs> and say, oh, let's do it.
1: <laughs> they have to practice and stuff.
0: Oh yeah, they, that's good. Oh, I guess they do. But no, that that uh, yeah. Julie's been a good listener the last couple of weeks. Yeah, Had a lot that.
1: of call-ins. We appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate it.
4: Greetings, Mike and Sam of the Cadaver Lab. This is Bella from Macabra Mansion. And, and I am, well, I, I, don't actually work there yet, but Bella is hoping. But anyway, the, um that's macabramansion.com. Keep an eye out. Tell them you want me to be there. No, I wanted to call because I am listening to your program and you talk a lot about junk. In especially in the in the talking about the the, the something the, the the dental product with the, the I don't know what it is. The vibrating dental ta, 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 ta. I don't know. Anyway, there is a movie called the Junk Bucket. It's a short film, but it's, I think it is under an hour long. It was very funny. It is done by a Comedy group called The Better Society, and um, they have one of those pages on the My Face or something, which is very annoying but but it does have previews for the movie and the movie I saw at the film festival and it was extremely funny because it was it was about a a killer it is a it is a take off on the old classic um, slasher films you know those like the classics like Halloween and Friday the 13th and all and so in this movie though these people go up to the beach house by the lake and they um, but they tell the story about the junk bucket man. He he had something r- wrong with him because his parents were, I don't know, brother and sister or something, and then his mother cut off his junk so he would never reproduce. And now he haunts the woods, going and cutting off other people's junk for revenge. And I have never seen a movie with more latex hoo who's in it. So, um, you might enjoy this movie. You might cringe very heavily with this movie, but uh, you might might want to take a look at it. It is amusing, and they did a very good job of having the having the, the, this sort of the right um feeling for the old the old um, slasher films. it was It is worth a look if you can get it, and they also sell capsacks that is a Baseball cap sort of thing with a with a zipper pocket for carrying things. If they have a commercial with a rap, it's very sad. Goodbye. Greetings to Mike and Sam. This is Bella from the Mansion again. I, I, you did not play my voicemail. Well. Do you not like it? No, I I listen. I will listen again. Perhaps you simply did not have time for me. But I also noticed that in your cold-as-shit episode, you did not include the movie. Sometimes they come back again. Or maybe it was, sometimes they come back for more. Sometimes they come back for seconds. It tail sound like a buffet. But, you know, the one that takes place in the Arctic and has Satan in a mine or something. It is a little confusing because it is one of those many movies that are named after a Stephen King story, but honestly have nothing at all to do with it. I hope to hear myself on your show in the future because you are very fun people to listen to. Especially Sam with the six and the nine and I don't know what it means, but I think perhaps that I go to three. Goodbye.
1: Um I want our listeners to know that this is the exact reason why you don't tell you tell your children that their scribbles are works of art and hang them on the fridge <laughs> because i have no comment <laughs> that uh, i preface my comments again with what i said before that i get very uncomfortable with over dramatic stuff <laughs> and i what why, why
0: do you even think that's dramatic well what, what if there is uh, i'm pretty sure
1: that was not bella lugosi
0: well, she, she, he, she never said that her last name was Legosi. I, I,
1: I can't. <laughs> that, I feel very uncomfortable right now.
6: <laughs> hey, Mike and Sam, this is Johnny from Oklahoma City. I was calling, actually. Uh, Sam, you were curious about the city of the Living Dead, about how her eyes bled. Actually, what I had heard was, like, when you get your eyes dilated at the doctor, they use some kind of drops that they put underneath your eyelid, and I guess it somehow appears that you're crying blood or whatever, but I, I that was from a friend, so I don't know that that's actually correct, but that's what I had heard. Because that has something to do with your eyes drying out and then causing them to water, and then the liquid, I guess, is dispersed somehow. But uh, also, I was also going to say, uh, for your show, you're doing the, I guess, the horror the horror hosts or whatever um, one of my favorites is Joe Bob Briggs. I used to, as a kid, watch Joe Bob at the movies all the time, and that was always a really cool show. But that's all I have this week. I uh, Man, your last show was awesome. It was the funniest. I thought it was the funniest show out of all all the ones you've done so far. And uh, keep it up. I don't think you guys said you were going to tone it down this week, but, man, that was awesome. That was that was a really good show. And, uh, anyway, i uh talk to you guys later. Take it easy. Bye.
0: Yo, thanks, Johnny. Uh, now, let me explain something. When we say we're going to tone it down... That's basically just an excuse because uh, we feel like that. Uh, well, we're basically a little bit of ashamed of our dumbassery, and uh, but the thing is, is, the perfect word yeah, for it. But the thing is, is we. I don't think we have the the capacity to do anything other than what we did or or what we do. You know, I I think I think that it just when the mood hits us, that we're gonna have to do. We can't. I don't think we can tone it down consciously.
1: No, I... Because we're dumbasses. Well, and listen, I have to go back to my previous comments about that last voicemail. Mike just informed me that that was Julie, and I need to apologize, (laughs) up and down, because I did not know that was Julie, so (laughs) take it all back. Shit. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Thanks for setting me up, dude. Listen... (laughs)
0: <laughs> she emailed me, and she's like, don't – be she's like, just just play him. Don't, I don't know if she was – I don't know if she told me not to tell you or if <laughs> I thought about it and didn't – I can't remember where that came from. Oh, great. But I was just going to let it go and, and just kind of hang back and see how you would react. Edit, edit, <laughs> edit. <laughs> Anyways. Um. Well, Johnny, by the way, awesome. Appreciate the call. Yeah. And, and, and thanks for those CDs, by the way. I was yeah. going to say, I got one. I've actually listened to it. I've, I've actually put it on my iPod, so, you know. I I like it. It's good stuff, man.
1: No, that's cool. And the only thing about the watching the City of Living Dead when they when they bleed out of their eyes, they bleed a lot. Yeah, so they I do. don't know. I don't know if, if drops would get it done. I mean, that would give you a little bit, but these guys are bleeding profusely out. So well, maybe it's maybe. maybe I mean,
0: I, I don't, don't know. know.
1: I don't know. Well, let's put it this way. That's like that's the first really
0: theory that I've heard. So, so I mean, I don't know. It's better than what I came up with. Yeah. Because what I thought they did is maybe like. Like uh, put a tube down you know by by the side of their eyes, and mm-hmm. put some you know maybe put some makeup or or some fake skin over the tube itself, mm-hmm. and then in w- you know, but I don't know i, I don't then know. I watched it real close, and you know I didn't you look just like can't it. tell well plus the the film was pretty it was kind of gritty, so mm-hmm. I don't know
7: either way,
1: it's, hey, we it appreciate still was the idea, awesome. yeah, yeah, we appreciate the idea I would like I would do
7: Sam, and since I don't think I've done it for the show yet, I'm gonna do it, or I haven't done it in a very long time, so. This is going to be... Macho
4: Mike!
7: (laughs) I'm sure Mike really dug that. At the very least. I'm sure Sam's junk probably retreated into its nether region to hide. But, okay, as of every show I listen to, I'm an episode behind, so this is mostly about what's on Sam's iPod episode, which was a very good episode, regardless of the kind of Haphazard way it was assembled. I mean, you did kind of cover. I don't know. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say it's one of my favorite movies, but I will admit that whenever I can catch Thirteen Ghosts, I will watch it. Mainly just because the ghost designs are actually pretty damn cool. But and also every time I watch a feature with Tony Shalhoub in it, I'm just like, well, there's Monk on a really weird adventure. Let's see what he's up to now. But, yeah, I just got to say, really great job on the episode. And I obviously can't wait to hear the Fauci episodes because it's Fauci. I mean, God, it's Lucio Lucio Fauci, or Lucio Fauci, however you pronounce his name. Good times, regardless. Anyways, I'll keep this brief because my phone's being an utter bitch and cutting me off continually today. So, yeah, I'll talk to you all again soon. Take it easy, guys. Bye.
0: You know what that that uh, introduction from Metal Mikey reminded me of? What you ever seen? What was it, House Mother or something? I can't remember. It was the girl from uh, Scary Movie. How she she used to be a Playboy playmate, and then she goes and she becomes like the house mom of a of a sorority. Oh,
1: that's right. You
0: know how she? Rem- have you seen that? Yeah. You well, know? I haven't seen the movie, but uh. I've
1: seen the commercials where she talks like that. Oh yeah, <laughs> Randall.
0: <laughs> so seems like Metal Mikey was trying to remember his name. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were going to have to I thought he was choking on something We're going to have to send in paramedics And I realized he would have been dead
0: Oh yeah, he'd have been dead long ago we got No, that's funny.
1: exactly what that sounded like That's funny You know,
0: You know. speaking of comedies You know what I watched real recently And I thought was so funny? What? Role Models Oh really? With Stifler and Paul Rudd
1: I have not checked that out
0: Oh my gosh It is funny Wow it, Well, Let's talk uh, I right. could go off on that All for right. like the next 20 minutes But uh, Metal Mikey Nice work About. 13 goes You know what? I I I don't know. I liked it. I it mean, was good. it's good. It's one it, of those so, things. It's just so cheap it, and chee- or cheesy. You can and
1: throw it on. There's action throughout the whole thing.
0: I mean, it's it's fine. Well, there's action and there's undead boobies. Yeah. Well, is she undead if she's just a ghost.
1: Right. No, it's ghost boobies. Boobies. Ghost boobies.
0: Yeah. Big difference.
1: Yeah. All right. You can't feel them. So there's there's a difference you know what i didn't think of it that way thank you very you're much welcome. you're very wise i try to think of everything from every angle
0: and by the way too uh metal mike you've got to realize that 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 your voice did not make sam's junk go up inside him it's always up there anyway
8: <laughs> <laughs> well I'm mike and sam this is mr Hart from the forums and uh just want to call and say that i'm loving the podcast and uh this is my first voicemail of course and uh there's gonna be a lot more, and, um, this is gonna be a very, very short voicemail, just wanted to call and say what's up, and, uh, I just wanted to, wanted to ask if you guys were a fan of the, the Rob Zombie Halloween remake, I don't know if you guys, uh, you know, liked it, or didn't, but, uh, I, I loved it, I, I can't wait for H2 Halloween 2 comes out in, uh, August or something, but, uh, yeah, so I just want to call, you know, see what's happening. And, uh, so, yeah, um, you guys are doing a great job. And, uh, and I gotta tell you, I'm really loving the bracelet. I, I have to order one. I have to order the Love Your Junk bracelet. I, I have to. So, um, you know, actually, I'm gonna do that right now. So I'll order the bracelet and, uh, <laughs> yeah. So um uh that's really all I gotta say. Just wanna call and say what's up and uh you know whatever. So I right, I will see you later.
1: Hey, thanks for that. Really, really appreciate that. We always appreciate new listeners and uh glad you I I think we sent your bracelet off, so Yeah. Uh you know whatever. I think that was a drunk call? <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes we get those, so I don't know. Either way, man, thanks. for We, we
0: love new people calling in. Yeah. Oh, we love the, the old people calling in, too. But it's, uh, it's, we love people signing up for the forums, calling in, yeah. and so we do appreciate it. As far as Halloween goes, I, you know what? I, I, I was listening to Drunken Zombie, actually, on the way home from work today. And, uh, and they, their show wasn't on Halloween, but they talked a lot about the remake and how it was just kind of dumb and, you know, stuff like that. And it kind of seems to be what most people's thoughts are of it. Hmm. You know, I, on the other hand, I kind of liked it. Mm -hmm. Now, now let me explain myself. First of all, I'm going to compare this to the Friday the 13th, uh, remake that just barely came out. Now I wasn't a huge fan of the Friday the Thirteenth, but but let me tell you why. It w- it was a decent movie. You saw it. Mm-hmm. It, it had uh, blood. I wish it was a little. I wish it was a little more brutal. It had lots of boobies, and uh, you know it was. I mean, for, uh, Jason was was okay. I didn't like the fact that he had like an underground uh, lair and that he kept hostages and stuff like that. You know, it was a lot more fun when you know he would just pick them off. And in my my thought of it that it wasn't brutal enough to To be like a really super serious, you know, movie like maybe the remake of uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was, but it wasn't brutal enough. Or, did I just say? Or but it wasn't funny enough to be just kind of a straight funny movie, you know. Where the Friday the Thirteenth have always kind of tried to. Uh, well, I, I don't know, not always, but most of them are just kind of lean towards the funny side, where you know it's fun. You watch them, you have a great time watching it. Uh, just because everybody's being a dumbass, which is you know, which is fine. I you know, I totally, I am totally down with that. But this one kind of se- seemed to be somewhere in the middle. But uh, I think what it was, after everything was said and done, is that I am a huge Friday the Thirteenth fan, and it was almost so 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 I compared this so closely to the um, the originals. You know, those coming up a place that had <coughs> movies that all had kind of a place. And, and they were very nostalgic for me. And uh, I, I just love them. Now, with Halloween, I don't know why. I for sure saw all the Nightmare on Elm Streets and all the Friday the 13th before I saw even the first Halloween, which I don't know why. You know, it just kind of worked out that way. But uh, I, don't, I didn't have the same love for Halloween that I did for Friday the 13th. And uh, and that's not to say that, that the original Halloween's stupid or anything like that because I, I I completely agree the contrary. But I didn't have like like with Jason I had okay well he just goes out he kills he doesn't really have a personality uh, I'm sorry he doesn't really have like a like a life except to go out and kill. Where this one we saw him in his house and his habitation I know we saw the the uh, cabin in number two where he had that that um, <clears throat> thing with his mom's head that you know. But we didn't really get into him. Like, we didn't see him getting up and brushing his teeth and getting dressed and you know, stuff like that. Which I kind of felt like we saw with him like getting rid of the bodies and st- stupid stuff like that. Yeah, but I, 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 I'm not saying I completely hated that movie. I was just a little disappointed with the remake. But as far as the Halloween one comes out, first of all, I loved House of a Thousand Corpses. And I loved Devil's Rejects. So, I was kind of, you know, kind of pretty stoked that Rob Zombie was coming out with a new one. I think that coupled with the fact that, I, that Michael Myers didn't have kind of the same place in, you know, in, in my growing up or whatever, that, uh, you know, so I didn't have quite as much respect for the original mythos and whatnot, that, you know, I, I liked it a lot more. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think?
1: Well, I would agree. And, and there's a lot of stuff in there with Friday the 13th. I. You know, I felt like they kind of dumbed it down to today's teenage generation. When, you know, we talk a lot about going to movies where they can just sit through and talk through it, yeah. and they explain a lot. I feel the same way about that. Yeah. And you just hit on a point that's come up several times over the last few weeks. Pretty much exactly how I feel about Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh-huh. is how you feel about Halloween. I had not seen Halloween right. either. In fact, I saw the remake before I saw the original.
0: Oh, okay.
1: So I really liked the remake from Rob Zombie because I didn't know it. I just knew there was a guy named Michael Myers with a weird white mask. Ah. To hear the background story and all that, I thought it was I thought it was really good. And I man, Rob Zombie movies are very brutal. Yeah. Um, there's a little bit of comedy in there, but you know I thought he did a good job. Doing you know, it. one of
0: the biggest complaints is the fact that um, you know kind of what I was saying is that in this in this Halloween. Uh, the remake, they kind of make Michael Myers into a person. Mm-hmm. You know, they say, okay, well he's, he was created not because he he's just pure evil. He's created because he became a sociopath because his mom was a stripper. Nobody loved him. You know, kids used to pick on him. Blah blah blah. And so it kind of made him. You know, which to me, I, I don't know which is better, really. But I would I would I dare say that it would be better for me just to think that oh he was just pure evil. There's there's just no soul in there and. You know, for some reason in, you know, later on in some of the uh, the original Halloween sequels, they get into to a devil's uh, cult and he has some mark on his arm and all this stuff. But as far as just the, ori- the original one is, is I-, I don't know. It didn't. I mean, I know that I that uh, this Halloween basically did the same thing, even to a, a much larger degree than Friday the 13th did, where, yeah, you saw him as a kid. You saw him go to school. You saw him this, and this, and he turned into this thing, and that. And that's the biggest complaint. And if I were a true horror purist, I I think that uh, I I see their point mm-hmm. in those who don't like. It. I think I really do, but I can't help it. I just sat down, watched it, and I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I I don't know. Am I uh, being a dork? Am I <laughs> you know? Am I not a real horror? fan now that I like that, I don't know. I think You're a horror fan because you voice your opinion, what you feel. <laughs> well, now, the problem is now, is Sam's been getting all the big your dumbass emails I'm about to get them to. Welcome to the party,
1: my friend. <laughs> anyway,
0: hey, well, thanks again for the voicemail. God, oh, oh, we are going long into it. This is going to be an extra long episode already anyway, so let's go to the next
9: one. Hey, Mike and Sam, it's Bill here. Hey, just listen to uh, the Fulci episode. Good stuff as usual. Brought up a question, though. You mentioned um, your wife, Mike, I think it was. Yeah, Mike, your wife walked in and and uh, was kind of uh, turned off by the decapitation scene. Um, and uh, I was just curious. You know what would be a cool segment is to hear what your wives have learned being married to you all these years. You and uh, Sam and... Uh, uh, and, uh yeah, that'd be kind of interesting. I'd like to know what the hell they think of you guys watching these gory movies all the time. And Because uh, I can tell you, my wife thinks I'm a freaking nut, but uh she deals with me because she's my wife, and she knows who wears the pants. And she's not going to listen to the podcast, so I can say whatever I want. Anyway, hey, have a good one. I love my junk, just not too much. And uh that's it. Bye. Hey, Mike and Sam, it's Bill again. I know, I just called. I have this bad habit of calling and leaving part of the message and then forgetting something I wanted to say and then calling back, like, a few minutes later and sounding like a freaking douchebag. Anyway, horror hosts. I love him. I think the first time I actually saw... Sorry, yeah, I'm a big dork. Um, I think the first time I saw that was... Elvira was showing it at my aunt's house. But... um, my favorite horror host, well, obviously, because I'm from Chicago, and uh, we had this dude. Uh, well, there was Sven Gulli, but then later on, it was revitalized as the son of Sven Gulli. This dude, Rich Coase, he played. Uh, he played uh, Sven Guli. This, this, he was a horror host, and I, I loved him. He was great. I, uh, always showed great movies and did his own little junk to it. Not his not his actual junk, but you know, I talked about it, you know, over it and little sound effects and he had uh I had on these little skits and always uh was uh, talking about a town in uh Chicago, actually right outside where I was born, which is Berwyn, and people would throw rubber chickens at him. You know, hey, it was great fun. Um later on he went and played uh on Fox thirty two Some Kids Show. It was called The Cove's zone and he hosted, like, cartoons, which is just, I don't know, just kind of ruined it for me there. But, you know, he was still Son of Svengoolie to me, and uh, will always be the Son of Svengoolie. So, uh yeah, just got to talk about him, or just, you know, let me ramble on about him. And uh maybe, uh, you know, you could probably find some YouTube videos of him. I know he's got uh fan sites all over the place. But, yeah, Son of the uh, Fox 32, Chicago. uh that's it. Okay. I'm done rambling. Bye. I won't call you back. I promise. Well, I will probably next week. Bye.
1: Hey, thanks for that. You know, in, in this show, we're already going long. We're not going to have time to talk about all of them, so that's great information. About the son of Sanguli and, and bringing some of that in there. If you if you guys have your favorite ones, I mean, I'd like to check some of that out too. So.
0: You know, we we picked out what four yeah. to kind of go into a little bit of detail about. It. I mean, we're not gonna we're not gonna give you their full biography or anything like that. But uh, I actually found this site where it basically gets them all together and just lists them. Says, okay, mm-hmm. well, here's all these uh, horror hosts, and, and here here's where they were and what channel and, and what years they were on, and a lot of them are actually still going. You know, either there's some horror podcasts that do them, or you know they do. They just put out uh, YouTube videos. Someday,
1: there. Mike, me and you. Someday. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, that's all this podcast <laughs> is. We're, we're gonna one day. We're gonna make it to the Wikipedia. We're
0: gonna reach for the stars. We're gonna be able to put on drag, and yes. and uh, introduce horror movies.
1: I know that I've got a C cup, so that'll kick a.
0: By the way, you know I forgot to mention uh, Johnny from Oklahoma mentioned that uh, Joe Bob Briggs, and that's one that's one of my all time favorites. So we're going to do a lot of talking about that guy. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, uh, as far as the wife issue goes, you know, getting our wives on here to talk about, you know, how what it's like to uh, live with a, you know, be married to a couple of
1: dumbasses. Hey, that's, e- that's an easy topic. Okay. That's an easy topic. No, my wife, she, you know, it's funny. She cannot watch movies, horror movies or violent movies. They really affect her deeply. Like, she yeah. can't stop thinking about that stuff. And, and visually, she just, I mean, it freaks her out. So I can't watch any horror movies when she's in the room because the screams really get her. I mean, she's up at night. If she even sees something weird on TV, she'll be up at night thinking about it, can't sleep. So I have to be very careful. She will not watch a scary movie. Won't do it. You know, I almost I almost made a joke saying, yeah, Sam's wife is seven years
0: old. But then I thought maybe that'd be a little <laughs> bit inappropriate.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. But, uh, yeah, so I you're not going to hear her commentary other than uh, Sam is an idiot for watching the show. You
0: know, I will say that, that my wife, she... I don't I mean I know how she feels about it. She's not a big horror movie fan, and she's and she'll but she'll come in and watch them with me just to spend time with me. That's right, I'm worth it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so but uh, she it's always uh, she she doesn't really complain a lot. Let's put it this way, she complains a hell of a lot less than when I have to sit there and watch like. Uh, a, a girly movie. Like, what did I watch? Freaking Pride and Prejudice. Oh, oh, my hell. wow. I complained the whole time, and I'm a jerk, because when she does, she she just comes in, and she'll just watch it with me. But you know what? It, it would be kind of fun to get her on and talk to her. I, I, she may need a little bit of... Uh, coaxing. Coaxing, yeah, maybe. Maybe that's a good word. Yep. That seems a little more alluring than, <laughs> and maybe erotic, <laughs> you know, something like that. Also, I listen to uh,
1: the Bone Bat Show, and they have... Uh... They have his wife. Yeah, right? I
0: know that. That's, uh,
1: yeah, I don't know. I, I'll,
0: I'll I'll talk to her because I don't. That would be kind of fun. I think to have her on and just to. I think basically it would turn into her just kind of insulting me backhandedly. But you know that's okay. That's yeah, all right. It's hey, honest. What are you gonna do? No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she's she's okay. She's pretty decent about it. By the way, um, he's uh he talked about how he grew up in uh, Chicago. Yeah.
1: So do uh, you think he has a mustache? Oh, undoubtedly. Und- <laughs> I don't know why I have such a problem with mustaches. I don't. I haven't even said anything except for the little Mexican not grown all the way mustache at the beginning of the show. So, so now mustaches are okay unless you're being racist about them. No, no mustaches are weird. I, you know, <laughs> if if they could make a horror movie about a mustache attacking people, I would be genuinely scared. You know what? I actually had a Twitter,
0: a Twitter. I mean, this doesn't have much to do with mustaches, but talk about a horror movie, it was uh, I was twittering with. Well, just going back and forth and. Kept replying to uh, with a girl named Shannon on there, and she she kept mentioning how how funny it would be to make like a Monty Python esque movie about David Bowie's bulge in his pants in labyrinth that actually <laughs> sang. <laughs> how did that come up I from mustache? But I anyway, that that would be the most horrific movie I would oh, ever see. My.
10: Hello, Mike and Sam, it's Justin again. Uh, I just got done with your What's on Sam's iPod episode. And uh, let's see, I haven't seen the other two movies, but The Ring. I remember that coming out in what was it my middle school time, and I was too afraid to watch it. And I only just seen it uh, like the last two years, and man, it was creepy. Uh, let's see, because they didn't mention oh, especially when Samara was inside the uh, what was it institute, and they show her at different times, and she's always awake. That was really creepy. Yeah. Oh, and uh, I just realized my voice is really uh, monotone, so I'm apologizing if my jokes don't come through correctly. But yeah, that was all on Jess. That last message. Anyways, I noticed you have your next episode out, so I will get to it, and I will talk to you guys later. Bye.
1: Thanks, Justin. That was, uh, that was a good email. It was funny, or a voicemail. It was funny because right in the middle there, when you started talking about Samara, you kind of drifted off into silence. I'm like, he's scaring himself thinking about that what, right now. What I actually <laughs> thought would happen is he actually
0: <laughs> I just did the, I guess it doesn't kind of translate over a podcast to, to make the dead face yeah. on the ring. You know, we actually got quite a few um, emails about uh, how people didn't like the ring. Which, you know, I get, uh, that's fair, but I, re- I, I don't know why. I really liked it. I mm-hmm. thought it was really mm-hmm.
1: creepy. You know, I've noticed it really depends a lot when you go watch ho- horror movies on what you eat right before you watch the horror movie. oh Because that puts you in a mood, and the chemicals from the food really, they, they taint your mood. So what I do you mean taint, if you have to... Re- I said taint the right way. <laughs> your mood to, like, affect it into how you're going to uh, watch the movie.
0: Why? Because uh, if you go eat some, like, really spicy... Mongolian barbecue or something, yeah. You're gonna the movie's gonna suffer if you have to keep running out to take a
1: shit. Yeah, if I eat spicy food like that and I get in the car and put my seatbelt on, I get a boner. <laughs> so that's how spicy food affects me. Um, do you know
0: what's disturbing about that? You guys know how many times that like, we've gone to eat Thai food in which when Sam was driving and I didn't realize. Why that do you he think I'm looking out the?
1: Why do you think I'm looking out the side window when I get in the car? We should not be looking this close to each other. Yeah, <laughs> we already said that. this this is going get it clean it up, Mike. This is getting out of control. I was in control until we started talking about that. Bring it back,
0: oh dude, dude. See again, we cannot tone it down. Edit,
11: edit. <laughs> hey, Mike and Sam, I really looking forward to this week's show because you're finally, after what twenty five episodes, going to do something fucking original. It's about goddamn time. Uh, I don't think I've heard any podcaster cover uh, the famous horror hosts. And uh I'm really looking forward to it. Hope you actually bothered to do some research for this one. Maybe, like, actually have an interesting show. Really think the appeal of Elvira and Vampira. I think it boils down to one thing. And that's their huge, enormous, gigantic talent. Or their big ass titties. I can go either way on it. But um, one you may not have heard of, it was kind of a local phenomenon growing up. a uh, guy had a like Saturday afternoon creature feature. His name was uh, Doctor Sacula, and uh, got to be in the studio audience. You could go down to the TV studio and hang out, and if you were one of the lucky ones, uh, you know, at the end of the show, he'd pick some young boy to uh, lay in the coffin with him. Um. Unfortunately, after the indictment, they canceled the show. So, uh, big part of my childhood gone. It turned out he wasn't even really a doctor or a vampire. I just thought the, uh, the hernia examinations were a free service of the network. But, uh, live and learn. But I figured it would be the uh, kind of thing you'd be interested in since, uh, you know, you do tend to cover pedophilia weekly and, uh, (laughs) Mike, I got to say this, buddy. Um, this is going to, if you're not on Twitter following the conversations between me and Mike and Vaughn and Dave. This is probably not going to get this, but dude, buddy, you you got to sleaze it up a little bit if you want to be one of us, buddy. You gotta you gotta show the bra strap, man. Put on the fucking you know, black fish nets with the fucking rip in the knees if you want to be one of us, buddy. I'll tell you what, though, if they ever have a fucking Nambla podcasting network or butt-licking scrotum sucker podcasting network, by God, you know, you're going to be at the top of the list. Are you really that desperate for attention, Mike? You know we love you, buddy, but but come on now. Uh, yeah, maybe your wife needs to give you some love and make you feel like make you feel wanted. Whoa, I almost called you a douchebag, but you're not. You're not one of us. Oh well, keep dreaming, buddy. Reach for the sewers.
1: And until next week, be cool, bitches. That is some funny stuff. I'm As kill always, him. <laughs> I am gonna kill him. <laughs> you know, I cannot. I do Twitter every once in a while, but I just can't stay on it. It's. I think it's because I changed the the program or the application on my phone. Uh huh. I shouldn't have done. Well, that. I sit there all day, you know,
0: work working on the computer, and I have that little. Firefox, Ed, oh, Adon, yeah. and it just sits there and tells me whenever, So whenever this dumbass gets on, I hear what he has. To say. <laughs> Gosh dang, I got a
3: kid. You that is what? so.
1: Fu- he made so many references to like things that I don't. E- I don't even know what the, what they are. Namblo? What the fuck? <laughs> <the, what the, laughs> no. <laughs> what the hell is that, Stephen? <laughs> yeah,
0: you know what the, the funny thing is? Is uh, so they created the douchebag podcasting network. Why? Because there that voicemail wasn't <laughs> enough reason why between him and Vaughn and Dave, are you kidding me? That's hilarious. But uh yeah, so I'm like, hey, you know, try, I'm just joking around. Hey, you know, hey, I want my I want to be in the douchebag podcasting network. And then uh, I took shit all
1: <laughs> day oh long. Oh, that's Oh funny.
0: my gosh.
1: I will kill you. Hey, that's what keeps it interesting. What? Flame wars. <laughs> <laughs> He didn't even play that music <laughs> he played last time. Remember that he did off yeah. with eternal flame? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome.
0: <laughs> oh, man, Steven. You're lucky you live in West Virginia.
1: He does? that would kill you. West Virginia? Isn't that the capital of Ohio? <laughs> Was that a joke? I don't know. I spent some time in Ohio, and, and they were always making fun of West Virginians.
0: Oh, well, yeah, of course. Well, well uh, yeah. The reason the I think it's West Virginia's NAMBLA's headquarters,
3: <laughs> and I think
0: Steven is actually not only a member of the KKK, but a member of
1: NAMBLA. Here it goes. We've now started an official flame war. Ah, <laughs> uh, Stephen,
0: you know, you know it's it's always great to just finish off the voicemails
1: with Steven. He's always he always gets to be last. Oh yeah, that's good stuff.
0: <laughs> anyway, all right. So we God, we're almost we're going to be an hour into this.
1: Let's do it. Anyways,
0: let, let's get on with the show. We'll take one quick break.
2: Calling all stations. Clear the air lanes. Clear all air lanes for the big broadcast. Hey, this thing on? Testing hello. One, two, three. Uh, you got to go up about six to get to the right place. Anyway, we've got a real favorite this week, well-known for its truly awful special effects. It's a veritable island of Dr. Moran, as a Swedish scientist splices genes to create weird mutant creatures. Of course, it doesn't help that he's using hungry little fuzzy rodents. They're adorable. These little suckers have to eat three times their weight every day, much like Oprah. So imagine the problems when they grow to the size of Shetland ponies. What are you drunk no but almost everybody else in this movie is as the future sheriff roscoe of dukes of hazard james best does his best elvis impression as he faces large killer rodents portrayed mainly by puppets and large dogs with ill-fitting dentures and worse toupees in the immortal tale of the killer shrews and we'll add to the fun with an in-depth look at shrews in entertainment new shrew products and the usual song plus Little bits of suspense around to help you through the entire movie. That's a good idea. You've seen it before. So get set for snapping jaws, fierce, biting, fierce, angry. Just a minute, Sven Goulash. What? what is the deal with this stupid movie? What kind of menace is that? A killer guinea pig. No, no, no. I mean, really, who's going to be afraid of that? Some big killer hamster. It's not a guinea pig or a hamster. No. Oh, what kind of animal is it? A shrew. A shrew. Gesundheit. You know, you really shouldn't be out with a cold like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please. Here comes a shrew. A shrew. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> big shrew. You need big size, man size Kleenex for that. Here come the shrews. Ow. I lost my shrew. Oh. Those who hunt
0: by
9: me.
2: All right,
0: so this week you're going to talk about them. horror hosts, and uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody knows what they are. But you know, we just kind of want to go into exactly what they're. Maybe maybe there are people, especially the young, some younger guys or or, or girls out there that uh, aren't really familiar with them. And uh, by the way, this is not going to be an exhaustive list or an exhaustive look at these because there is just we've already gone way too long. And we, uh, yeah, I'm saying that as if we're cutting it out like we did all the research or something. <laughs> we have to cut out some of our stuff. Yeah, right. Well, we did, yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm going to read the Wikipedia entry for Horror Host, which is a particular type of television presenter often asked with presenting low-grade low-grade films to television audiences. In the early days of television, stations needed programming and local stations frequently produced their own shows in-house, covering the gamut from children's fair to serious drama. Due to the expo- expense of pre-producing a film, many early television shows were live and stations needed personalities to introduce as well as read commercials and station identifications. Uh, most stations used booth announcers, but a number of shows, in particular those using cartoons or movies, instead used an on-camera host or hostess to, to perform these functions. So basically, I mean, you know, and, and like I said, I'm pretty sure that most of us know what they are.
1: Why do you think, why do you think they're cool? Well, I, th- I don't know why they're cool, but, you know, I'm going to be talking about Vincent Price. and For some reason... Right he sticks out in my head as someone that I just remember from my childhood as thinking, he's like the first guy I recognized in multiple movies. Right. And he just was this suave dude. And they're just unique characters. I don't uh, know.
0: Well, you know, and here's the thing. When, I, when we were in our last house, which what, what do we, maybe it was like three years ago, uh, we had Dish Network, which is uh, not the, what we have now. But there was a, uh, and, and so I I don't have this, this channel or I can't even remember if it was a channel or the show or anything like that. But there was a, a horror host on there and I, and you know what? And I really need people's help on this. It was out of LA and it was uh public access. You know, it. Was, I think it was started off as a public access and there was this hot Gothic chick that would just introduce these stupid. I hated the movies that she showed, but I sat there and watched her program every Saturday night. It was on really late. But because she she was cool, you know and mm-hmm. she she made it fun and kind of joked around, you know, poked fun at the thunk. I think basically what it was is public access t v and she would host uh public domain movies, mm. you know which you know i'll bet a lot of I bet a lot of the local ones uh, that 's what they do, mm-hmm. you know because i mean it 's easy to make show you don't have to you, know, you don 't have to go out and try to find any uh, right you know, battle any rights fights or anything like that but uh if anybody can help me out if this was recently she was yeah, oh, gosh dang i can't even remember it was her and there was one other guy
1: i'm sure some, uh, gosh, someone gosh dang i her.
0: hope and i think she was out of california somewhere anyway but i'll tell you what she made. i stayed up late every saturday night i mean it didn't start till like 1 a.m you know and it, it was a two well, uh, maybe a one one and a half to two hour program and there were commercials seriously every five minutes yeah and it, it pissed me off but I'd sit there and watch it because I like the horror host so much. Mm. You know. But anyway, what we're gonna do is we're gonna talk about four of uh, the more popular ones. I mean we we did see a lot of I, I did as I was going through, watched a lot of YouTube videos about uh uh you know, some of the more local localized horror hosts and stuff like that. And there are a lot. Yeah. You know and why why not? It's it would be such a fun thing to do, you know, be able to I don't know, why do we do this podcast? Because it's fun to talk about yeah. scary stuff, you know, and I, that's just basically what they're doing. But uh, let's talk about some of the, I mean, I don't know, do you have anything to add to the, to the discussion? No, I, th- I mean, it's it? pretty
1: basic. It, it explains itself, so I think we ought to hit a, you know, a few of the iconic ones and, uh, and then talk about some movies. Why don't you why don't you go ahead? Yeah, I, <clears throat> I'm going to talk about uh, Vincent Price and then uh, Mylon Nurmi, who played Vampira.
6: Hey Vincent, I really thank you for coming on the show tonight And so do all the Muppet monsters Well, thank you, Kermit I never met a
10: monster I didn't like
6: I can believe it Hey, hey, you know, can I ask you a question? Yes, of course Well, you know, in all the scary movies you've done through the years Mm -hmm. Well, you're always turning into a vampire Well, how do you do that? (laughs) Uh, How do you do that? That is so scary.
10: Well, Kermit, if you will forgive the immodesty, that is perhaps the epitome of the actor's craft. You see, it takes tremendous concentration, years of physical and emotional training, and enormous mental exertion. Do you understand? Oh, sure. (laughs) Oh, well, some people learn faster than others. And
1: uh, so Vincent Price, he was born in 1911, May 27, 1911, and he died in October on October 25, 1993. Um, he was born in St. Louis, Missouri, and he was actually a very rich person. He, really? he yeah, his grandfather made uh, invented Dr. Price's baking powder, and so his family hmm. was very rich from that, and he had a fortune. Okay. So he went to some some nice schools. Um, went to St. Louis County uh, Country Day School, but then he was educated at Yale. So it's a right. really educated guy. He made his first film debut in 1938 with Service Deluxe, and. Um, and he, there's also a Utah tie. It's funny because he played uh, Joseph Smith Jr. In a, in a movie called Brigham Young about the Mormon church. Yeah! So there's a tie to Utah, which All is right. pretty funny. Um, and that was in 1940. But his first venture into the horror genre was in 1939 in the Boris Karloff film Tower of London. And uh, he was actually murdered by Boris, Korloff, so B- Boris Karloff. So uh, <clears throat> he also was on the radio. He had this, and everybody who's heard his voice. Oh, iconic. He's got this yeah. very distinguished, uh, recognizable voice. Oh, yeah. In fact, he was in Thriller. That was one of the, the things he did. But yeah. uh, he was on the radio, and he, was, he, he portrayed the Robin Hood-inspired crime-fighting Simon Templar in The Saint. I'm going to pretend
0: from- I didn't hear any of this to get to the horror stuff. Okay. I'm just teasing. Yeah, no, no, this is
1: all about it. This is all about Vincent. This is my uh, man. Okay. The funny thing about Vincent Price is, as I mentioned, I used to watch this show on Saturday afternoons called Thriller Theater when I was younger, and I don't know which movies that, that they were. I don't right. remember the names, but I distinctly remember him in them, and he was in quite a few. If I had to guess, I would think The House of Usher was one of those that I had seen. Uh-huh. And then, Roger uh, Corman. And then there was another one where, where Vincent Price buried somebody alive. I was up at night worried about what it would be like to be buried alive. Like, it freaked me out. <laughs> <coughs> So anyways, um, some of his houses, or I'm sorry, some of the movies he was in, House of Usher from 1960, The Pit in the Pendulum, 1961, Tales of Terror, The Comedy of Terrors, The Raven, The, Mosque, the Mask of the Red Death, The, the Tomb of, of Ligeia, and he also starred in The Last Man on Earth, which is a film based on that Richard Matheson novel, I Am Legend, which we've seen Will Smith redo.
0: With, okay, I'm not, this isn't about hating on that movie's monsters. No. So we'll just, let it go.
1: We'll, we'll just let it go. We'll just let it go. Those monsters sucked ass, it's, and we're going to move on. Okay. All right. Uh, he, he also played Egghead in the Batman television series and had a lot of fun with <laughs> oh, that. really? Yeah, he had a lot of fun with that. Uh, in 19, In the 1960s, he was in Hollywood Squares. In his late career during the 1970s, he hosted uh, the BBC Radio's horror and mystery series, The Price of Fear. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So and then he was on a couple of kids shows, so the hilarious house from uh, *Frightenstein* and things like that. So I'm sure those I didn't ever see that, obviously, but I'm sure it wasn't too scary. His last work was in uh, *Tim Burton's Edward Scissorhands*, and oh, okay. <clears throat> he actually was supposed to have a bigger role.
0: That was his last one. I it
3: didn't was know, his know it was last, the last one. Oh, cool.
1: Um, he was actually supposed to have a bigger role, but he was a heavy smoker through his life, and so he died of emphysema. And he and he had Parkinson's disease as well, uh. and so he couldn't do what they had wanted him to do. And uh, so he just ended up getting a small part. But uh, he was married three times. Um, that's that's really that's really about it on on him. You so. know, what?
0: I I don't remember watching thriller theater or anything like that. But is there any more, is there any one person that is more iconic in the horror realm than him? I, I, I saw him on the me. Muppets once.
1: Yeah, he he was everywhere, and not to me. And just because I mean, he was six foot four, so he's a tall guy. He really got into character. Well, he had and that he, rich he voice. He kind of hunched over a yeah. little bit. Yeah. He was
0: so tall, and he kind of had that. I don't. It wasn't like a crooked, weird, crooked back, mm-hmm. but his but his gait was just kind of just almost not like Igor, but kind of you know a little off. And mm-hmm. pl- not to mention the voice.
1: Yeah, he just he he was he for me when I think of horror and classic horror. Vincent Price is right there as one, that's oh, what yeah. I think of. If there is a if there's an icon or someone that I would assign to it, it would be Vincent Price.
0: Absolutely, yeah, I completely agree. You know, and there's I, I don't know. I said this before. I don't know if anybody anybody's voice is as recognizable as his. Mm-hmm. You know, and I can't think of a better person
1: to be a to be a horror host. So that's one, and then I have Mylan Nermi.
12: I had gone to the Bal Caribe at, at the Moulin Rouge in my Charles Adams costume, trying to get discovered by a producer, a television producer. Well, I did get discovered by a television producer, it was Hunt Stromberg Jr., but he wanted me alone. He didn't want the entire family, and I said, well, how are we going to do this? He said, we're not going to tell Charles Adams. I said, I, I can't do that, but give me a few days. And I came back to him with the character Vampira, which my then husband had named. Uh, I had added from the BN, a B and d magazine, a bondage and discipline magazine at the time, I had taken a waist cincher and an uplift bra and fishnet hose and I'd slit my dress and I wore a patent leather belt and I had a foot long cigarette holder and long red fingernails, hemorrhage red. And so I, I added s- sex, you know, to the death. I thought that's a good combination, sex and death. Hunt was delighted and they put me on the air.
1: And I hope I'm pronouncing that right, but she's the one who played Vampire. She has a very interesting life. She was born in uh, 1922, the the, the 11th of December, and died uh, January 10th 2008, so so pretty recent. She was 85 years old, and she was vampire in the 1950s. She was born as Myla Elizabeth Sirianemi. I don't even know how to say that, but anyways. She grew up in Ashtabula, Ohio. Now, I've spent some time in Ashtabula, Ohio. And it is an odd place. And really? Anybody, if anybody knows about Ashtabula. Well, there, there, we
0: have a lot of listeners in Ohio. I know that.
1: Yeah. There, Ashtabula is a very strange place. It's uh, it's kind of a depressed old town. Uh, there was a lot of wine country and stuff like that, but there's a lot there's a lot of like history and haunted stuff. Really? In Ashtabula, Ohio. Anyways, so she grew up in Ashtabula, Ohio. Ashtabula? Ashtabula. Huh, it's okay. on the far east side of Ohio. Huh. Uh, but but uh, she her first role um, was an uncredited role in Victor Seville's 1947 film If Winter Comes. She was also fired by May West from the cast of uh, the Broadway play. Catherine was great because May West thought she was upstaging her, which Bitch. is pretty funny. Yeah, exactly. Um,
0: I don't know who May West is
1: exactly. She's, I know she's, she's a odd, famous dude. She's she's a hot. No, I'm just. Kidding. I don't remember. Um, in the 1950s, she supported herself mainly, this is shocking, by posing for pin up photos in men's magazines. Uh, such as famous models, guests. Hey, by the way, can I just sit here models. and
0: make uh, dumb noises the whole time? Please do. Like, like it has, bitch and it has to it. Yeah, no, I'll stop it right no now, I'm a fine. dumbass.
1: <laughs> uh, before landing her role as Vampira, she was working as a hat check girl in a cloakroom in Hollywood Sunset Strip. So um, the idea for Vampira was created in 1953, and so they wanted to, it was, it was based on a cartoon. And so she was actually. They said, "How do you get to look like Vampire?" And she actually ate hard-boiled eggs, graham crackers, and orange juice, and that's how she. In fact, I've got that on my notes somewhere. Whoa, what? That's how she ended up keeping her thirty-eight-inch bust, seventeen-inch waist, and thirty-six-inch hips.
0: Seventeen-inch
1: waist. Yeah. So, Whoa! So yeah, it's uh, she ate she ate what boiled eggs, orange juice, and graham crackers to keep to keep her hourglass figure.
0: That that is like
1: ooh yeah
0: you. You know, I guess I guess that shouldn't be shocking. So I remember seeing her in
1: Plan Nine from Outer Space, and she was a creepy looking. Was she? That. That's her most famous role as in a, in a movie. Oh, but exactly. she.
0: It seemed like she was just basically dressed up as Vampire in that. Yeah.
1: So yeah. I mean, but you know sense. what's funny about this is is she had this show that was very popular. in 1954, April 30th, 1954. It's called "Dig Me Later, Vampira," and then the vampire show after that. Uh-huh. And and so she did some some stunts to 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 really uh, gain attention for her show. She ran it as a candidate for Nightmare of Hollywood with the platform of dead issues. I mean, she she just did a bunch of stunts. But mm-hmm. it's crazy because they canceled her show a year later. Really? Yeah. But then she went over to a rival station and, and got on there. Um, and so she she made television history as the first horror movie hostess. She actually was nominated for an Emmy Award as most outstanding female personality in 1954. And then we just talked about her most notable uh, film experience. She was acquainted with Marilyn Monroe, Elvis Presley, and briefly, briefly dated Orson Welles. Huh. Um, she was actually a victim of an attempted murder where she was tortured for four hours. What? Yeah. Wow. Nineteen fifty five. 1955, um, somebody forced his way into her apartment and proceeded to terrorize her for close to four hours. So she escaped and managed to to call the police. So she got out of wow. there. Wow. Now, the, a sad part about her life was that she actually got into a, a war about the whole Elvira thing. And you're going right. to talk, her. You may talk a little more about that, but um, she, she just she they had to change the name. They were trying to reinvent Vampire and have right. her brought back, and and uh, she felt like she didn't get enough credit, just credit. Yeah, for... enough input on what was happening. Ah. And they had hired Cassandra um, before before. Um, she had any input but anyways so that's Vampire. a lot she did a lot of different things um she like I said she ended up dying in in uh, 2008 Uh, but a lot of songs were written about her a lot of references are to her oh yeah so she's definitely you know and like what uh, Stephen was saying on his voicemail we're talking about hot women that uh, went ahead and uh, you know guys are looking at that and and so it's pretty interesting
0: you know before I before I'm gonna talk about uh, Elvira and Joe Bob Briggs before I get into that do you think this is kind of, after doing a lot of research for it and and i and i don't know so i I'm, I'm not cl- i'm not making this as a statement i'm making this as uh is a i guess i'm trying to get some input from everybody um so it seems to me like except for these big ones except for these really big names that worked for the um you know the big wigs the the networks and stuff like that 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 most of them were just kind of there to Give you a reason to watch really shitty movies.
1: I think so, but I also think you know we you know we go through our movie reviews and we kind of joke around about them. Yeah, you know people don't watch these movies to take them seriously. Not not yeah, many. Maybe. There may be a couple, uh-huh. but you know they're so crappy. A lot of the movies <laughs> yeah. and, and the ones we're going to talk about tonight, you can't take them seriously. Yeah. So for to have someone kind of get on there and joke around about them yeah. and, and put off that persona is very. I think it's entertaining.
0: Oh. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I I wasn't trying to say that they're worthless or anything like that. Because right. I, like I said, there there was one recently that I really got into, but there were two, and and I chose these two because these were probably the two that I that I um, I was old enough to really get into, and and they were widespread enough. Because I don't I don't ever remember uh, the thriller theater, which is a bummer mm-hmm. to me because I wish I would have watched that growing. Every up. Saturday afternoon, damn it. But. Um, But the two that that left the the most, you know, the deepest impression on me were Elvira and Joe Bob Briggs. But, um, you know,
13: let's talk about Elvira. Hello again. It's me, 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 the queen of the bees, who's always ready to please Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. You know, it sure ain't easy for great movies to show you would cure on Midnight Madness. That's why I don't. I figure, why bend over backwards for a movie when I can please many more people just by bending over forwards? Well, today's movie is a rock and roll caveman film that really hits rock bottom. It's called Ega, and it's about this horny caveman named Ega who spends all of his time chasing after the girl of his dreams named Roxy. Boy, is he a real Ega Biva. <laughs> you think she'll cave in? Nah, he'd probably just take her for granted. Anyway, you'll want to pay special attention to the guy who plays Egot, because it's none other than that all-time great, that giant among men, Richard Keel. Who? Richard Keel. You know, Jaws. No, not that Jaws. The Jaws from the James Bond movies. You know, the tall guy with the shiny silver teeth who's always trying to give James Bond this really gnarly hickey. Oh... (laughs) He is so believable as Ega, his greatest role yet. You will just be screaming at the TV. Oh, no, Elvira, what's going to happen to Roxy? What's Ega the Giant going to do to her? Does Ega the Giant want Roxy in a giant way? What for? Honey, they don't call him Ega the Giant for his big personality. I mean, just look at his feet. You know what they say about a man with big feet, don't you? <laughs> they say, ooh wait, look at that big, ugly, smelly feet. Damn! Believe me, today's movie is so bad, it's almost good.
6: It seems to have a certain quality that's good for you.
13: Oh, dude, I wouldn't go that far. Which would be a first for me, because I usually go all the way. And speaking of first, Ega features one of the first appearances of that rock and roll legend, Arch Hall Jr. Hello? You know, Arch Hall Jr., that rock and roll legend who, well... Well, I don't really know, but he does have a beautiful singing voice. EGADS! EGADS? Ega. E-gad. E-gad. That's the name of today's movie! Oh, whoa. Deja vu.
0: I'm going to put up a bunch of links, too, to all this stuff. So if you, you should send me links to okay. some of the links that you saw there. Okay. Uh, but anyways, her name was Cassandra Peterson, born in uh, 1951. Uh, best known for on-screen horror hostess character, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Uh, basically, she was this snarky, you know, quick-witted, giant-haired. I I, I just <laughs> you, you know what I was gonna make fun of uh, of um, Stephen for making the big giant talent joke, but. Uh, <laughs> Because, you know, that's like the basic joke you tell when someone's got big boobies. But then I did it myself, so I'm a dumbass. But anyway, (laughs) but uh, yeah, she had giant cleavage too. But anyway, she didn't start off in show business as Elvira. She was actually in a band in a comedy improv troupe. Yeah, Sam showed me the picture of her, and I I just started to drool. So if you (laughs) hear a little slapping around, that's oh, never mind. Uh, she auditioned for Ginger on Gilligan's Island. I don't know if you knew that. You know, the funny thing is, is she's actually a redhead. Yeah, and uh, no, I'm not gonna say it. Let's <laughs> just say I went to images.google.com and without Safe Search on, and searched for Cassandra Peterson. And uh, boy, you're
1: not gonna talk about decor or anything about the what decor? <laughs> oh, you mean the I <laughs> the uh, carpet matching the drapes?
0: <laughs> anyway. Yeah, she's a redhead so she would have fit right in there with on ginger i think but um we're here to talk about her um horror hosting which in 1981 she auditioned with 200 other women for a program called movie macabre uh she actually decided just to come up with the look and uh you know look her and a friend of hers named robert redding uh she actually yeah what you were mentioning she actually got a cease and desist from myla nerma but uh it's funny because she Milo Nurmagic, this is based off me. You know, you, you basically ripped me off. And uh, how Elvira won this is basically she said, well, look at Morticia Adams. Yeah. You know, screw you. Yeah. Basically, that kind of sucks it had to go down like that. But, but anyway. Okay. So, but, but she's also done a lot of horror hosting on DVDs. In fact, uh, there was a, a, a big, long... <clears throat> series of these that she came out. Some Her intros are great, you know, and uh, I think, like I was saying, they made some of these movies actually <laughs> worth watching. Now, I'm not saying that every movie that she did sucked. I'm not saying... And I don't want people to think that... I don't know. I, I, I re- I, that was just... I was throwing it out. That uh, just as a theory. But um, and she was actually in her own movie. Do you, Have you ever seen that? I have that? not seen that. Let's just say it is bonerific. Really? It is PG-13, and it actually shows no real nudity but uh there's let's just say a stage pasties and tassels make for a good time wow yeah and let's just say she knows how to work them (laughs) (laughs) anyway sorry sorry for all that but uh, you gotta realize i watched this when i was a young impressionable boy Uh, i was a young man that can happen you know and i actually remember watching a lot of her stuff growing up because she was she was still big during the 80s i mean she mm-hmm. did coors like commercials of Coors, the beer you know and she she was doing all and that f- just
1: proves how big she was the, the it, it was cross oh yeah oh yeah genre stuff she transcended there you go it, it, well, I well loved it. It, and, but so
0: did uh so did uh Vincent Price well, yeah. and uh Vampira. but yeah i mean it, she i mean she wasn't a a runaway movie sensation i mean she was in a she was in a few movies like she was in Pee-wee's Big Adventure just as like a biker babe or something like that. I can't remember I didn't even notice. In fact, huh. I just watched that recently with my daughter. Uh-huh. That is the I That know. is so Isn't it hilarious? freaky, man. But I it was it's funnier now than it was oh, when yeah, I was a kid. Oh, yeah. It was yeah, it was before it was, you know, I don't know some of the acting seemed like it was normal <laughs> <But> I know. <laughs> but now it's like what <laughs> in the hell? I I wanted to kill the that kid with the bathtub for a yeah. or for a, a swimming pool with for a bathtub. Yeah. But anyway, uh, she also, did, she also you know, was in a few movies, some TV shows. She was in Chips. So uh, you know a lot about Paunch.
1: Oh, yes, I
0: do. <laughs> uh, a lot of home video hosting. Uh, let's see. Some of her accomplishments were uh, the mov- movie Macabre, the show that she hosted, was the first nationally syndicated horror host show. Now, and I don't know if I caught these on the, on the original run, but I remember watching movies just because her. Mm-hmm. You know, and, uh, you know, not even being that interested in the movie, but being more interested in her. Hmm. Uh, she was the first person to be broadcast in three dimensions in America. Really? Yeah. So, let's see. She was the first female celebrity to do national beer campaign, and she actually had her own line of beer, which I was too young to drink. Yeah. I time. would not have known that. Yeah. Oh, oh, wait. the first female to twirl tassels on a national network. <laughs> She was talented, let's just say that. Uh, the first person to produce a music video in large format 3D. So, yeah, I mean, she she said huh. a lot of there. And, you know, obviously, everybody knows who Elvira is. In fact, didn't they just do a reality series when they're trying to find the next Elvira?
1: Yes. In you, fact, know, you know what's funny, dude? And I have to say this. The, the night that we recorded the first podcast, yeah. I was heading home, and I had uh, a, a radio station Are you on. talking
0: like episode one? Like, episode one. Oh, wow.
1: And and I was listening to this uh, station uh, coast to coast, and they were interviewing Cassandra Peterson. No way! And I couldn't, I didn't figure out who they were talking about and who she was until you know, like a half an hour into it. Oh, really? I'm like, oh my gosh, this Elvira—that's cool. So, anyway. oh, cool.
0: No, very cool. Kind of going to be sad. I mean, she's getting, she's older now, you know, and she doesn't quite have the flair that she used to have. But I don't know. I I, I don't know how it's going to work out. and I don't know much about it, but I hope that they instead of revive Elvira, I kind of hope that they, you know, i mean, that's fine if they find another horror host. But uh, I mean, yeah. show the old stuff, but well, right. But I, the thing is, she had, she had, I know, I don't want to, I don't know. I don't want to be too stupid and say she had a class and style about her. That was, <laughs> but she, but she doesn't, she, I mean, she was that way. She was trashy and sleazy, but at the same time she was like smart and funny. And I don't, I don't know, maybe well, that's, they sing that song. About maybe her, that's right? why I loved her so much. What's
1: yeah. Elvira. Just kidding. I don't know if that was about her or not. Anyways. uh, I only
0: saw that on a Family Guy episode (laughs) once, sung by the lesbian uh,
1: quartet. Nice. So what you're saying is is you hold a hard spot in your heart for Elvira. I
0: do. Nice. As a matter of fact. Luckily for tonight, we found a bunch of, uh, we're going to play some intros, and we're going to play, let's put it this way, one of the movies, the intro is the only good thing about it but but we have an intro from uh, Elvira that we're going to play and then we're going to have one from Joe Bob Briggs and we'll talk about him real quick and Joe Bob is probably the one that I most that I've seen not live but I've seen in its original run the most Um, this guy was totally cool to me
14: you know a lot of people write me and say hey Joe Bob Briggs just what is monster vision You don't need no special glasses or an insect's head Just a healthy love for slime and disrespect for the dead We'll talk about some movies by the old double wide And when you get that creepy feeling creeping up inside Well then you got Monster Vision, it's a heck of a fright We're tearing the heart out of Saturday nights These Monster Vision movies serve a primitive drive Cause watching people die can make you feel so alive. So throw away your clicker now, the flicks of a gun. Cause there's nothing you can do while fully dressed, and so it's fun. It's watching TNT beneath the bugs after light. We're tearing the heart out of Saturday night.
0: I, I freaking thought he was the best. He was born in 1953. He's as old as my dad. That's weird. But uh he was born as John Irving Bloom. Uh listen, basically Joe Bob Briggs, did you ever catch Joe no, Bob? No, I've never seen oh, him. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. You're in for a treat. Uh Joe Bob basically was um kind of a, a, a he had a redneck of a, a redneck persona, kind of a chauvinistic, kind of a up type of t- type of personality. And Basically he got on there and uh made fun of the movies that he you know not shocking well i don't he made fun of them but you could tell that he had that he enjoyed b movies and horror movies you know you could tell that he loved them and that's uh that's
1: did he enjoy the hollywood strangler meets the skitter slasher well we're gonna
0: play we're gonna play that intro and and i'll play it for you i wasn't
1: fortunate enough to hear the intro so i had to suffer through the movie without the anyways anyway okay we're
0: gonna we're gonna listen to a couple of uh, or at least one example of his intros. Basically, Joe Bob and I actually saw this on. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm gonna read one thing that may sound a little uh, stupid, but I'm gonna read it anyways. Joe Bob's unabashed fondness for violence, political incorrectness, and female nudity earned him considerable enmity from left wing feminists, feminists, uh, social activists, and Bible Belt moralists alike, to the undisguised joy of of Bloom and his large fan audience. So, basically, he got what he was kind of going for. He kind of everybody hated him except for his fans. Nice. But that's great. He did uh, a show called Joe Bob's Drive-In Theater, and this was on the Movie Network, and I did catch a lot of these. Uh, it was on the Movie Channel. Let's see. He did that from uh, 1986 to 1996. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that, that was the perfect time mm-hmm. when I was a kid. Uh, let's see. We, gradu- wow, we were graduated by 96, but... Uh, um, Something, but that's that's like right when there when we had the movie channel and I had to hurry and sneak to watch him, you know, mm-hmm. because you know we didn't want to watch any dirty movies in the house. <laughs> you know, maybe that's another reason why I like him so much is because he introduced some of these movies that I know I wasn't supposed to be watching, and he was funny about boobies in it. Then he went to T and T, and he he was on T and T Monster Vision from 1996 to 2000. Basically, what they do is they show two movies a night it, 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 between. Every time the, the it came back from a commercial, he'd do a little spiel, and he would one uh, of my and, and I remember this one. He did a spiel on uh, Phantasm Two that I remember watching, and, and this was actually I'm, I'm mostly talking about the intro to the movie, but uh, it was one of the funniest things that I that I had heard. And uh, I'm going to try to get that one, and we'll play that one, too. Anyway, that, that's basically Joe Bob. I mean, I don't want to get into too much other detail get boring. You know what I mean? Let's find that phantasm. I we'll want okay. play it real quick. And then we'll take a quick break, and then we'll go into the movies for today. All right.
14: But uh, speaking of stuff that will scare a buzzard off a meat wagon... Right now, The Tall Man is about to enter your living room in Phantasm 2, the sequel that took Don Coscarelli nine years to make. It has three flying silver balls instead of the one in the original flick and a severed hand instead of a levitating severed finger. But otherwise, it's the same deal. The Tall Man is taking corpses down to his mortuary and turning them into killer midget monks again. So let's take a look at those drive-in totals and get started. We've got 12 Dead Bodies exploding house, one four-barreled sawed-off shotgun, dwarf tossing, ten breasts, of course those are scissored out of the TNT version, embalming needles plunged through various parts of various bodies, one motor vehicle chase with crash and burn, ear lopping, forehead drilling, wrist hacking, bimbo flinging, grandma bashing, devil sex. Crematorium foo, flamethrower foo, and this movie contains the most terrifying scene I've ever witnessed, a perfectly decent 1971 Hemikuta flipping over, landing on its roof, and bursting into flame. I cried for two hours. It's amazing what they let these people do for the sake of a goddamn movie. A Hemikuta, greatest muscle car ever made. So many horses in that baby, you couldn't, couldn't get insurance for it. They use it for a stupid movie stunt. It's like cutting up the Mona Lisa, you know? It's like destroying the original poker-playing dogs. Anyway, four stars on this movie. Outstanding. Check it out, and we'll be here. And, and, and you know, we always get letters whenever I say anything about fat people. So let me make this clear. I, w- I was not talking. I love fat people. I love them. The fatter, the better. Just don't let us see the fold. Okay? Put some clothespins under your pants or something. Take a steam iron to your thighs, you know, but just don't bend over in the aisle at Piggly Wiggly and give us that Jello Jiggle thing, okay? Deal? The four-barreled shotgun, the giant blowtorch. You gotta love that stuff. Well, if you didn't see the first phantasm, you might have a little bit of trouble following this story, but basically the tall man is this mortician who has yellow blood color of embalming fluid, and he goes around the countryside robbing graves and pumping some kind of yellow fluid into the veins of the dead people and using them somehow to strengthen his army of killer midget monks. Kind of hard to follow, but and why he blew up that house, I'm not exactly sure, but Don Coscarelli, the writer-director of these things, he spared no expense on that scene. They used a real house that was scheduled for demolition because it was in the path of a new freeway. And they got a Green Beret demolitions expert to rig the explosives. They used seven cameras, because they could only shoot that once, of course. And the money shot was the one where you see the tall man in the foreground totally unmoved by the whole scene, you know. Well, it's one thing for the character to be unmoved in the script. You know, it's another thing to tell that actor, Angus Scrim, we're going to blow up a house right behind you, but just act like nothing bothers you. Just stand there stock still, Don't move an eyelash. But to the man's credit, he did it pretty amazing because that thing had to be deafening. Just the kind of realism we're used to in the Phantasm series. So back to the movie. The Tall Man, invented by Coscarelli in 1979. I think they ripped off the Tall Man in Poltergeist 2. Remember that sinister preacher in the black suit in Poltergeist 2? Mormon guy who tries to take the little girl to the other side, you know? Julian Beck... Julian was doing, kind of doing a tall man, you know, is nothing sacred? <laughs> that last shot of the tall man sucking that little piece of yellow phlegm off the end of that embalming needle. Oh. Did we just show that? What time is it? A little after 11, you know? Man, oh man, we're getting a call Monday morning from Jesse Helms, I just know it. I mean, I commend the TNT sensors for leaving that baby in there, but good grief, yuck, Woo! See, they sucked us in. We'd just seen the Catholic priest plunge the big knife into grandpa's mouth, and that scene was over, and so we relaxed. And then the little embalming needle slurpee happens. Woo! Go ahead, back to the movie. These phantasms, they keep you off balance. Roll it. Woo. And that was Stacy Travis in that in that scene, wasn't it? Stacy Travis, star of Hardware. She was the sister who doesn't have time to stay after the funeral. Good job, Stacy. I don't know why your character's in this movie, but. Good job. In fact, Stacy is now starring in the new Love Boat series on UPN. You know how to do it? Love Boat, the next generation. She's the Perky. Because we've got the drunken Catholic priest. We've got the beautiful oversexed hitchhiker. We've got the ESP going on between Liz and Mike. We've got the middle-aged bald guy with a ponytail who, if you remember from the first movie, is actually an ice cream vendor. And why would the tall man suddenly decide to torture Grandma? Anyway, we got a whole bunch of plot getting in the way of the story. And also, there's something Catholic about it. We've got crucifixes out the wazoo in this movie. We've got Catholic churches, Catholic priests. Got that gloomy exorcist feeling going on? Now, remember last time I talked about this, we had angry Catholics writing in. But look, it's not my fault if the movie is Catholic. Write to Don Coscarelli. He's an Italian guy. Maybe he's Catholic. I don't know. But he wrote the movie, directed the movie. He invented those midget friars that hang around the mortuaries playing with dead things. But we love Catholics at TNT. So go back to the movie, because if I keep talking about Catholics, you're going to get mad. Roll it. I've said many times, I'm a major fan of the Catholic Church. And we've shown many Catholic movies here on Monster Vision. The Exorcist. The Omen. Should I mention that great drive-in double feature again? Another great Catholic double feature? Nah. I like, mean, I get in trouble every time I do it. Yes? Should I do it? Nah, I'm not going to. Yeah, I mean... I drink your blood and I eat your skin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little extracurricular art varcus there between Reggie Bannister and Samantha Phillips, who plays the hitchhiker. And thank God we finally got to see those flying steel balls with the Cuisinart drill that pumps all the blood out of your forehead. We were like 54 minutes into the movie before we had a single flying steel ball. But now we know it's a phantasm movie because we got your embalming, we got your forehead drilling, and we've got your killer midget monk in grandma forms. I'm Joe Bob Briggs and it's sleazy 70's time here at Guilty Pleasures. Remember those movies from the 70's when the nastiness just kinda dripped off the screen and got all over your shoes? There were two places filmmakers would go to get down and dirty. One was Times Square in its heyday, God I miss it, when every theater was showing live sex act or three kung fu hits. I always thought you could make a lot of money by putting up a marquee that said, live kung fu sex act. or three live sex acts. Did you ever see those things? They would oil up their bodies and get in this circus net that was well we won't go there. And the second place that filmmakers would go to get down and dirty was Hollywood, specifically Hollywood Boulevard and Sunset Boulevard, where there was a hooker on every block and a peep show around every corner, and they still had those triple X movie theaters where guys in raincoats would hang around like sex zombies. They used to call them guys with Iranian tendencies. Meaning they were getting so tired from being swingers or paying for sex that their skin was starting to go all mushy and for some reason they called that Iranian tendencies. No offense to all our Iranian friends out there, I'm not sure exactly what they meant by that. At any rate, into this world of sex for sale enters our old friend, the zany director Ray Dennis Steckler, best known for his masterpiece, The Incredibly Strange Creatures Who Stopped Living and Became Mixed-Up Zombies. And Ray came up with a script about a guy who had spent too much time shelling out money to quote, photographer's models, unquote, hookers. And he'd been burned a lot, and he had Iranian tendencies, and so he turns psycho and starts strangling the meat market girls. The result is, the Hollywood Strangler meets the Skid Row Slasher, which comes fairly late in the Steckler career when he'd, he'd become a minimalist. In other words, a cheap bastard. Did I say that? No, he didn't like to spend money uh, on things like microphones. And so he shot the movie as a silent film and then put in voiceovers and dubbed a dialogue later when his distributors said, Ray, please, Rudolph Valentino died in 1926, okay? Ray made this movie for a budget estimated in the low four digits, Uh, He's the kind of guy who's been on a quest his whole life to figure out some way to make movies without spending money on stuff like, you know, film and cameras. Here at Guilty Pleasures, we consider him a god. I'll be with you on the commentary track with my usual play-by-play, but meanwhile, let's take a look at those official drive-in totals. We have 14 breasts, 15 dead bodies, multiple hoe strangulation, multiple wino stabbing, prostitute pillow suffocation, throat slitting, neck evisceration, excellent Hollywood Boulevard hooker montage, pigeon petting, imaginative use of a jacuzzi as murder weapon, gratuitous swingers club roller skating sequence, bikini foo, bouffant foo, Drive-In Academy Award nominations for Pierre Agostino in the title role for giving it that extra little creepy touch by wearing cowboy shirts with pearl snap pockets, Carolyn Brant as the mild-mannered used bookstore owner in the porno district who likes to run on the beach when she's not staring vacantly into space. And of course, Ray Dennis Steckler, the main man for making a silent movie in 1979 and getting away with it. Joe Bob says check it out. And remember, never tease the psycho.
0: All right, so there you have it. That was the intro to our first movie. Wow. You know what? I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that that intro was ten times as entertaining as the movie itself.
1: I would agree a hundred percent. Well, was, uh,
0: at least I smiled a little during it, you know, which is more than I can say for all I did was gasp and just kind of get pissed <laughs> during the movie oh itself. My In fact, this, I, you know, we haven't got into the details of this movie yet. But I just want to let everyone know that it was this movie, The Hollywood Straggler Meets the Skid Row Slasher, that made me search Google for a tool that I could watch a movie on my computer at two times the speed because I could not bear to oh. sit there and watch this in
1: real time. And we'll watch a lot of stuff and just laugh at it and think, oh, we'll have so much fun with this. This was painful. Oh, yeah. You know what? And uh, you, know, the, you, know, you know how we picked it? You
0: know how I picked it? How? Oh. It's basically, first of all, I had it. Which you know that's, I have you know I have a lot of stupid ass movies like this, but uh, the second one is is when I searched for introduction to a movie from Bob uh, Joe Bob, this was the first one to pop up. Oh. So yeah, I didn't
1: do a heck of a lot of research into into choosing the movie, but and I'm going to say right now that anybody who has seen this movie, you're an idiot,
0: <laughs> us included. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> this this was made in 1979. Director uh, was Ray Dennis Steckler. And uh, he wrote it as well. The IMDb gave it a 2.1, which is probably about two points higher than I would have given it. It did a what? A 2.1. <sighs> I would give it a .1. In fact, uh, zo- would you, you remember the, the, the movie Zombie Nation? Would you rather watch that or this?
1: Zombie Nation.
0: This had a lot more boobs.
1: I, I still would rather watch Zombie Nation.
0: You me both. Starred, uh, just, you know, I feel like I'm just copying Joe Bob here. Pierre Augustino played Jonathan Click, and uh, Carolyn Brandt played the Skid Row Slasher. And by the way, Jonathan Click was the Hollywood Boulevard Strangler, the Hollywood Strangler.
1: Oh, His, his last name had to do with what he was doing with his camera? Shocking.
0: <laughs> I did not make that connection. Um, anyways, those are basically the only two characters that weren't kind of generic, either winos or hookers. <laughs> anyway, synopsis, the photographer cruises Hollywood and takes pictures of young models and daddy strangles. Meanwhile, a woman who works in a porno bookstore downtown LA, to, it, it's just, I think it's just a used bookstore. Yeah. But anyway, I mean... uh, it takes it upon herself to kill off local derelicts. Soon the two killers meet up with each other.
1: Yeah. That was it. That I, I have two notes on this movie. <laughs> okay. I, I, first of all, I don't think we're going to talk much about this movie. No. The dubbing made it hilarious. Yep. She could talk while being strangled. The dialogue that went over the top of the movie yeah. was so bad. Well, so <laughs> While she danced, her, I was like, oh, you like this? Oh, you think this is so good? Oh, I know you want me. And it's the same girl every damn time. <laughs> you know what's funny is most of the dialogue for him, obviously for him, he did not say one word, no. but it was all in his
0: mind the uh, the Skid Row Slasher, all she, she didn't did, say anything. She didn't say one thing the whole time, and she just kind of looked around, like like staring, and that was it. But uh, the hookers were, were what you're talking about, Ugh. and it rarely showed them talking while they no. were on, yeah, no. while they were on screen. You you it would po- it would go over to this guy, and then uh, you'd hear these hookers, oh yeah, you know stuff like that. But what even made it worse is the fact that they would play both the Strangler speaking and these
1: ladies talking at the same time, which just made it more irritating. It was so bad. It was so bad. In fact, I'm skipping. The mammary count on this was 40. and Fairly high. I learned there are a lot of girls who want you to come take their picture. And I, the movie was halfway over before I figured out that, they, that the winos weren't getting shot with paintballs. <laughs> yeah, the blood was bad. And then I have a Six Degrees, and we're going to be done with this.
0: I, I'm with you. Uh, except for I'll say I don't bother.
1: Yeah, this is Don't Bother by a Million Miles. Yeah. This is killing anybody that has anything to do with this movie for me. <laughs> um, six Degrees, Jim Porter was the slasher victim number two. Oh, he, oh at least we're going with one yeah, of the big yeah, names yeah, in this know. movie. He was in Airport with Burt Lancaster, who was in Field of Dreams with Kevin Costner, who's in 3,000 Miles to sound with Kurt Russell, who was in Sky High with Bruce Campbell. Good riddance. Oh, my
0: you know, we're not even going to take a break. Let's just go no, right into this because we're, we're going so long, and that is not worth it. Actually, we are going to take a quick break. We're going to listen to Elvira's introduction to oh, yeah. The Devil's Wedding Night.
13: Who's there? Is that you? <laughs> Come in, darling. I've been expecting you. Oh, come in. Don't be afraid. I won't fight. And you're bound to have a good time. Or my name is Elvira. Elvira. A gal full of zing, who does her own thing? Elvira, mistress of the dark. Tonight it's off to a wedding, RSVP. It's the devil's wedding night. Hey, I'm no friend of the groom, okay? (laughs) For that matter, I ain't no friend of the bride either. The organist invited me. (laughs) I have this thing for organists, but that's another story for another time. (laughs) The story for this time is the devil's wedding night. And you're invited too. I've already RSVNP'd for all of us. I'm just that kind of gal. <laughs> so splash on the old spice and wear something nice and bring lots of rice. It's something old, something new, something borrowed, and something stupid. It's this week's Movie Mac entry, The Devil's Wedding Night. And it all gets started right after the sponsors get these messages off their chests.
3: Okay, there you have
0: it. The Devil's Wedding Night came out in 1973, directed by Luigi Bazzella. I like that. <laughs> Did you like that's it? That's good, man. I'm, I'm, I'm either getting stupider or better, but I can't tell which. Uh, writer was Ian Damby and Alan Harris. IMDb gave it a 4.9, uh, which, you know, I yeah. think that's about yeah. right. I think, yeah. that, I think Actually, that's a decent uh, rating for it. Starring Mark Damon is Carl. Uh, Rosalba Neri is La Contessa Dracula. I am cutting that out. I sounded like a... F- Are you kidding me? That sounded really good. Okay, great. Esmeralda Barros is Lara, Enza Sbordoni as Tanya, and Zero Papas as Il Monstro Vampiro. I think it's that dude with the unibrow and the Sweet. big bump on his head. That guy was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so in the 1800s, scholar- scholarly Carl Schiller believes he has found the ring of Nimb- Nibelungen. By the way, when you It was heard- Nibeloni. Right, right. Uh Nibelung- I can't remember what it was, but oh. I'll tell
1: you what when I heard that I'm like could you please come up with a better name than Nibelungan? Isn't that what we say on like this, the third date to your date? <laughs> Nibble- you wanna you do a
3: little uh
1: Nibalone? Nibelama Anyways We're sitting too close.
0: Yes, we are which uh, holds great power. It's at Castle Dracula, his twin France uh, a gambler, yes. asks if <laughs> If vampires frighten Carl, Carl shows him an Egyptian amulet, which may protect him. Franz takes the amulet and sets out ahead of his brother, arriving at the castle first. There he finds a countess who invites him to dine. Later that night, Carl arrives. Coincidentally, it's the night of the Virgin Moon, a night that falls every 50 years and draws five virgins from their surrounding village to the castle, not to be heard from again. Can Carl protect his brother, find the ring, and rescue any of the women? Uh, so, basically, Lady Dracula uses Dracula's ring to lure beautiful girls to her castle where she murders them so she can bathe in their blood and have sweet, freaky, far-out segments of movie?
1: Yeah, I guess. What'd you think? I, I liked this movie. Yeah? Um, It was funny because it had that really cheesy 70s... Film and, and all the scratchy stuff on it. You know, the funny thing is, is, I don't know if this is on all the copies. I assume it is. Yeah, I think so. Because I actually saw part of this on Hulu.
0: The whole oh, movie's really. on Hulu. Oh, is that right? And uh, the same scratches in their, in, in their green. Yeah. Which is... Uh, it's bizarre. I wonder if that's, they did that on purpose. I thought uh, they did.
1: That's, that was my take, because I'm like, you don't see green scratches you know, and I, they got better towards the end
0: and there were skips There, yeah there were little skips and it reminded me of when I was watching Grindhouse yeah. you know they'd throw up the old missing reel but they didn't throw that up basically they, you, you would see like for instance there's one part where this innkeeper's worker there is uh you know we find out that uh that Franz loses the amulet that's supposed to protect him. He leaves it in the inn. He stays in the night before. Basically, you see, you know, he goes, where is it? And then it it, it, sh- it shows the room that he was in and, and the ladies, you know, making the bed and fixing it up. And then she spies something and it starts towards it. And then all of a sudden, boom, it just kicks yeah, off to the next spot. So I don't
1: know. <clears throat> I don't know if that was um, on purpose or did, what. Did you notice, and tell me if I'm wrong, that when Franz – Went into and met the Countess and she was playing the organ. Uh-huh. That was the Hellraiser theme. And I'm not joking. Oh, really? No. I don't think it was. It was. Was it? No. I'm telling no. you. Pause
0: it.
3: Pause.
12: Architectural explorations always begin with an inspection of ancestral crypts, Mr. Schiller.
2: You are the Countess Doling and De Vries, I presume? I am. My apologies. I came across the crypt by accident. By accident? Yes. You see, I was following up.
13: Yes. Shadow of some sort.
0: All right, what you just heard was the song that she, that uh, the contest Draculia, was uh, by the way i didn't say that seriously i hope people when i say that don't think
1: i'm being serious <laughs>
0: anyway uh that was cuz then
1: will rip on you for being overdramatic dramatic and make fun of you for that you and then they'll not, never
0: listen to the show again and right. never call in again either please julie don't listen to Sam <laughs> anyways uh but that was that was the 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 hellraiser theme played right after the uh what the contest was playing and
1: i think it sounds extremely similar it may not be the exact but i think it sounds a lot alike anyways it struck me
0: anyways uh put your helmet back on sorry dude you know what by the way (laughs) there have been a lot of comments about how we made a retard joke last
1: episode that it was bad no just like dude that i I talked about the special olympics that (laughs) one yeah i forgot i told a whole bunch of jokes what the hell is wrong with me i don't know
0: so, I don't know. No. we we'll, maybe so next next episode we'll have to tone it down a little. Oh <laughs> 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 uh, anyway, okay, so no, I really like this movie. It was it kind of had a hammer esque type mm-hmm. of feel to it. It was really cheesy. It was very dramatic. It had a lot of unnecessary nudity and yeah. uh the castle was great, you know, it was very gothic and 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 it, it made me believe that that uh you know, this was this castle. Uh the scenery was great, the costumes were great. The acting meh. It was alright. Pretty good. Good enough.
1: David Copperfield did an awesome freaking he, job he did as Twin like, Brothers. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he did. Uh They mentioned Pazuzu.
0: They they mentioned Pazuzu. And Astaroth. And Astaroth. Yes, they did. And I thought that was really cool. Hammer. Astaroth from Hammer stuff. From uh yeah, hammers more specifically.
1: See. Uh, oh what was that one? Frick. It was uh, To the Devil a Daughter. Yes.
0: And then Pazuzu, obviously, from...
1: Uh, Hellraiser. Just exorcist.
0: <laughs> oh, whatever. You said just kidding when I you did. saw no, that I was knew. about to... That's the only one I could ride. think of because you were
1: talking about, but I knew it was the exorcist.
0: Anyway, but, uh, you know, the story was actually pretty cool. The, yeah. the legend goes that once every 50 years, Countess Dracula needs five virgins to bathe in their blood, and how it works is she has this ring that, uh, put out, that puts out a uh, uh, like a trance... You know, type of thing in it, and it uh, is alluring to young virgins. <laughs> and by the way, kudos to this movie for in the uh, inn before Franz goes up there. The the inn, the, the lady that worked at the inn was like, I'm very scared. Oh, it yeah. takes five virgins. And he's like, well, let's take care of that, baby. <laughs> so bravo to this movie <laughs> for that. Yeah. Uh, oh reminded me of uh, Cherry Falls. If you've seen Cherry Falls, basically it's a killer who kills virgins. Oh, really? And so they have these big, giant teenage orgies. But anyway. Oh, great. But basically that's that's probably where they got the idea. But uh, I've actually seen the the Countess in other movies. She was in some kind of a Frankenstein where she was like uh, uh, Baron von Frankenstein's daughter or niece or something like that. And she takes over. But uh, I like her. I think yeah. she did a great job. She yeah. was beautiful. Yeah, she was pretty.
1: And uh, she and alluring did, and, and mysterious. Yeah, and in, in exotic did. looking. Yeah, you yeah. know,
0: And well, it, it was funny because, uh, you know, at the time when it, when it was time to go out and uh, try to put these women into a trance, she goes to the top of her castle and puts up her giant ring that looks like one of those... Um, like Sucker Pops, you remember. Oh, those? yeah, yeah. And it uh, glows and uh, comes in, and then she has this big old Satan, Satanistic ritual where they come in, and they she actually tries to bring back Dracula to France's mm-hmm. body, and it was great. I, yeah. You know, I liked the movie. The storyline was pretty good. The acting was decent. Yep. Uh, what was the memory count? It had to be really high. 51 is that a record?
1: I think so. I, I, yeah, I think that's I think our record.
0: So. I remember saying 26, thinking that was really high. Yeah, 51 for, yeah, that's a, that's a lot, man. Yeah, that was a lot.
1: That's a lot. Man.
0: And unlike, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if that had anything to do with the fact that, uh, you know how I watched the Hollywood Strangler uh, at twice the speed? Yeah. I watched this at half the speed.
1: Oh, you did? It's at those parts. Nice shot, man. Really,
0: not really. Anyways, well, you have anything
1: else for it? Um, you know, I, oh, one, thing that I, one note that I wrote down while I was watching, it kind of reminded me of the original Star Trek. A little oh. bit, just like the same type of feel in some parts. It was it was bizarre, like they were on a planet that was like back in Rome. Oh yeah, I mean, just kind of a weird. Some of the music that went along with it. The other thing I noticed that was just so funny, and I laughed every time it happened. Like they're showing the story of Franz that's up there doing stuff, uh-huh. and then when his brother is riding to save him, they uh-huh. change to like this real this real upbeat marching music that's so exciting. <laughs> and what was up with that? clown on the side of the road that's one thing that i learned that creepy guys sometimes just hang out on the on the side of the road uh, their she, house. that dude worked he, he was probably some kind of a guardian
0: or or like servant to count yeah, as Dracula. he but, was in there he was a dildo thanks for the surprise ending
1: oh yeah as if we didn't see that <laughs> yeah the, the ending was, was uh fairly obvious oh guess what else i learned what? these guys freaking ripped off the spider-man kiss did you see that
0: crap Spider- going on
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, the upside down kissing? Yeah, They, they had on. a
0: really trippy lesbian sex scene in it. Yeah, well, that yeah, was bizarre. Well, well, where all of a sudden you'll see a clip of them going, ha 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 ha. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you'd see lesbos, and then, you know, it would cut to something else. Yep. And it, it was kind of wild. I think that was Franz's dream, maybe. Oh, I don't maybe. know. Because <laughs> I, I found myself in the middle of this going, I don't remember how we got to this point. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. But, I mean. <laughs> well, I'd give this a red box. I give it a buy. buy. I would say I would say that uh, just because. Well, first of all, it's free on Hulu. I'll put up huh. I'll put up the uh, link. You know, if if you like the look and the feel of horror Hammer, except for it wasn't as slow and dry as is mm-hmm. horror, yeah, or is Hammer. But uh, you know, it kind of had the look. It had the costumes that were kind of the same. Uh, you know, it had great scenery. You know, okay acting, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit weird, over the top a little bit. But you know what. It, it was it was very I don't know I liked it I, yeah I I mean,
1: it was decent it was definitely a decent especially this was Academy Award winning compared to the other <laughs> piece of crap that we watched so <laughs> yeah. I've got a six degrees on this okay. uh, Mark Damon who played the Schiller brothers was in Stuck on You not the one with uh, Matt Damon but one that was in like the early eighties it looks like one of those nudie flicks sure. one of those anyways uh, with Patricia Tallman. Who is an Army of Darkness with Bruce Campbell.
0: Oh, cool. Now, yeah. Okay, go out and buy this one. Or just go to Cadaver Lab, the show notes, and I will have the Hulu link up there for you. Let's take one final break, and uh, we will get to our last movie.
2: What would you do if you accidentally discovered the house next door was occupied by something not human? (laughs) Something horrifying. Something unspeakably evil. No one believes you. Mom, I didn't have a nightmare. Not your mom. They did kill a girl over there. Not your girlfriend. Charlie, is this some sort of a trick
4: to get me back?
2: Not even the police.
4: Look, I know it's crazy.
8: I know that. But look, Lieutenant.
2: It knows that you know. You'll do anything to protect yourself, but it will do anything to protect its secret. right night. If you love being scared, this could be the night of your life. <laughs> oh my
0: gosh. All right, this is the final movie we're going to talk about. And actually we don't have uh a clip where this was actually hosted by a horror host, but this movie actually had a horror host in it. Mm-hmm. That's why we figured we'd throw this one in. Not to mention I love this movie. <laughs> great. And uh we we just need an excuse to watch it, and we haven't had it yet, so there you go. Uh, the title is Fright Night. The year is 1985, written and directed by Tom Holland. IMDb gave it a 6.7. The budget was $9 million, starring Chris Sarandon as uh, Jerry Dandridge, William Ragsdale as Charlie Brewster, Amanda Burse as Amy Peterson, Roddy McDowell as Peter Vinson, and Stephen Jeffries as Evil Ed Thompson. Charlie Brewster believes that his next-door neighbor, Jerry Dandridge, is a vampire. His belief is strengthened when the mysterious deaths of girls are reported. When Dandridge confronts Charlie in his own bedroom one night and tries to kill him, Charlie concludes that the monster must be destroyed. Uh, But Since nobody believes the story, he enlists the help of Peter Vincent, the vampire killer from his favorite horror TV show, who is in fact skeptical about vampires existing for real himself. Anyway, so you like this
1: one. I like this movie. I I really liked... Most of the characters. That, that was the thing that stood out to me the most. I uh-huh. liked Charlie. I liked Peter Vincent. Yeah. I liked, uh, you know, Jerry Dandridge. Oh, yeah. I could not stand evil. Could not. You're stand so cool, a, Brewster. That's exactly yeah, how I, he talks. I hated yeah. him. <laughs> hated that guy. You I mean, that dragged it down for me.
0: You know, the, I've seen him in two movies. And I know that you've seen him in a lot more of his movies because he went into a long illustrious career in gay porn. <laughs> but I've actually only seen him in two movies. It was this one, and it was Nine Seven Six Evil. And as irritating as he is, I really like both of those movies. Yeah, wow.
3: He did
0: not he did not ruin this for me. But let's just say I'm glad that uh, he died. Oh, spoiler!
1: Yeah, yeah. T- t- fast forward. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, you know, and Amy, who, uh, played by Amanda Bierce, was uh, a little obnoxious. You know, she's ugly. <laughs> she's I just don't not that hot. Her, yeah, I don't find her attractive at all. Not she ends up being a lesbian in
0: real life, or just on uh, no, in real Al life. Bundy.
1: Oh, really? No, it's real life.
0: What was that movie? What was that show called with Al Bundy and Married, uh, Married Children?
1: Married Children. Duh. No, I thought you know, I thought it was a uh, you know, it was good. Um, some uncomfortable parts for me uh, yeah. during the movie. I, I, you know, I don't know if you remember when the vampires dancing with Amy. Uh-huh. in the on the dance floor she ends up breastfeeding from the vampire which was really disturbing i <laughs> i didn't like that part at all and then you know you're watching this and you know he's a vampire and so they start making out back at his house uh-huh. and i wanted to scream out a warning she's a lesbian <laughs> watch the hell out you got to watch out for that um so you know there was there was just some of the weird stuff going on but you know what this movie towards the end had some awesome death scenes. Oh, yeah. It, it resolved itself very well. And overall, I mean, I thought, you know, I was happy by the time I ended. I'm like, that. you know, that went, that was a good flick. You know, if I have any
0: criticisms for this movie, I have a few criticisms. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, uh, just like we were saying, Evil and, that, and the girl, I, I just did not like their characters, and they were irritating. Um, having said that, that did not ruin it for me. Mm-hmm. The other problem I had with it was I think this – kind of towed the line between being a campy and funny movie and then uh and being a very disturbing mm-hmm. type movie in the end. Because you know, it's all lighthearted in the beginning, it's kinda of joking around. Except except for the parts when the sexy jazz music came on, you know that something was going down with Jerry dandy I like the music, yeah, yeah, but yeah.
1: When he put that tape in, it's like that's awesome. Vampire has <laughs> yeah. a mixtape. Exactly.
0: But uh and, but he only has one. Yeah. <laughs> And he only has one song on that tape. <laughs> anyway, there were some parts at the end that were very disturbing, like you were saying. <clears throat> For instance, and this is a spoiler, but I'm sure everybody's seen this. Uh, the fact that uh, evil gets gets bit. Gets bitten? He gets mm-hmm. bitten, and uh, he turns into a vampire. And uh, he's fighting Peter Vincent in, in, was it Charlie's house? Yep. And please try not to uh, get too distracted by Sam breathing into the microphone. but uh but basically they fight in there and evil turns into a wolf you know he comes out and peter vincent actually kills him and throws him over the balcony and uh him turning back from the wolf into evil was kind was kind of i don't know it was was a little bit dark i don't know if a dark skidward i don't know that would be the
1: first thing and i would probably repeat it a few times during my adult einstein video Oh yeah! Oh, absolutely. That was disturbing.
0: <laughs> but and, and the thing is, is at the end he's lying there naked, and knowing that he turns into a gay porn star did not help me with that
1: thing. Well, I'm sure Roddy McDowell was his first <laughs> partner on scenes. So.
0: <laughs> Let's hope Roddy was wearing his Planet of the Apes. Uh,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that would make one hell of a guarantee.
1: <laughs> I guarantee that was going on <laughs> anyway. So I, uh, you know, because Roddy, Roddy looked down at him while he was naked. And just had, he had tears in his eyes. He's like, he's so much better endowed than I am.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, so...
0: But as far, as far as... I mean, I think, I think that it was just... Uh, I don't know. And maybe this is just me. Let me know what you think. I think that, that, that in the end part two, they were just too dark for how sunny the film started out as. But... Again, this did not ruin this movie for me. I really like this movie, mm-hmm. okay. and this is one. I, this is one of, in my opinion, this is one of the classic 80s style, absolutely, you know, movies. It, uh, you know, I saw this when I was younger, and I freaking loved. It scared the shit out of me, you know. You know, God, I was so young when I saw this the first time. Okay, but what, what year did I say? it came out? Eighty five. Eighty five. Yep. So, Kyle I was. All, I mean, I was already nine years old when it came out, and I probably didn't see it you know, until it got to TV. So I was probably 12 years old mm-hmm. or something by the time I saw it. It's, it's still the, those ending parts and it got, as Joe Bob Briggs would say, they, the, probably all the nasty scenes got scissored out and I saw it on you know, late night television yeah. or something like that. You know, there's not a whole lot of, I mean, we're, we are going long. I don't want to, I don't want to go into detail about mm-hmm. exactly what happened in the plot, but I give, I actually give this a very strong buy.
1: I do too. Okay. I'm exactly on the same page. Okay. There was a, there's a three on the mammary count. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and I. And by heard, the
0: way, three were, were enhanced by that uh, jazz. Oh, absolutely. The mixtape going on. The, mix the sensual. On. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
1: it, was, it was funny. Watching Prince Humperdink get his dink on was freaking Sick. sweet. No, I, I learned a lot from this movie. <laughs> well, let's hear I it. I learned a lot. Um, statutory rape is okay in Vamp World. <laughs> That's all right. To do. It only applies to people who are alive. <laughs> That's right. Uh, when a vampire turns you on, your hair gets more frizzy. I have no <laughs> absolutely. idea. Absolutely. And um, you
0: smile a little while, wider? Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, we'll get. I think we we'll get to that. Oh, dang. Yeah, female vampires have more teeth. I, I did learn yeah. that. Uh, jackass, annoying future gay porn stars turn into vampires a lot quicker than future ugly lesbians. Yes. Very, fa- very fast. <laughs> uh, when you're a vampire and get your blood flow going, your fingers actually grow first. Which is pretty solid. I hate,
0: I hate how you refer to that as some blood flow. That's so sick.
1: And uh, for the first time ever on a horror movie, I saw someone accept the Lord Jesus as their savior. I saw Roddy McDowell <laughs> right there in the middle of the movie. You don't have the faith. He's that Peter Vincent. He looks away for a second, and comes back, and all of a sudden the cross is effective. It's like, wow. Dude was baptized right on screen.
0: Go, oh, man. Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention about this uh, you have a cameo by a Bill Paxton lookalike. <laughs> yeah, game over, man. <laughs> yeah, Jerry Dandridge is Day Watcher. So I swear to you, I thought that was Bill Paxton the first ten times I saw that. <laughs> that is horrible. Oh my God! All right, I have
1: a six degrees. Chris Sarandon was in Princess Bride with Carrie Elwes who was in Kiss the Girls with Morgan Freeman, who was in Gone Baby Gone with Ed Harris, who's in the Truman Show with Jim Carrey, who's in the Majestic with Bruce Campbell.
0: Boom! Ah, wow. bring it on, anybody!
1: I dare you to bring it on.
0: All right, we're gonna put in a death scene right here.
1: What does my scary voice scare you or
3: something? Yeah. Hey, Jay! Yay!
4: Yay! Sally, I hear something. Stop! Stop! <laughs> <laughs>
0: So okay, now remember, everybody, we're going to be looking out for something to give a weekly tribute to. So send in your ideas. we will get a list going. We've, we've actually had a lot of people send in show ideas, and I take all those into consideration. I have a list, uh, a Google document, just full of probably like two hundred ideas. So we are oh not gosh. we are not going to run out of those soon. Uh, but uh, yeah, give a send us in weekly stuff that that you think deserves a tribute from the Cadaver Lab podcast. Um, we have some news this week that, uh, just so you know, we, uh, we're going to start, we have been doing it weekly. We're going to start putting out uh, episodes every other week. Yes. Life is just getting so busy right now and there's so much crap going on right now that, uh, two things. First of all, I don't want to get burned out too much. And second of all, I don't want the show to suffer. I think I, plus, I guess if we, if we, if we got burned out, the show would suffer. But uh, so we're going to be, we're, from here on out, we're going to start putting out shows
1: uh, every other week. Until things slow down again. Yeah. I mean, it, it just kind of goes in cycles, but this is a busy time of year for yeah. both of us, so we're telling Absolutely. This is Bella saying, watch. Ah, shit, I'm not even gonna do it. <laughs> Come on, no, okay. oh my gosh,
0: oh man, uh, just everybody. Also, I want to thank you for going up to we both want to thank you for going up to Podcast Alley and giving the Cadaver Lab your votes. It, you know, it, it's it's cool. I know a lot of podcasts say that they don't like it or they don't care,
1: but you know, it's nice to know that we're loved. Why not? Well, you want to know how you're doing because if 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 no one's voting for you and you're not seeing that stuff, how do you know if your show sucks or not?
0: Well, the thing is, is well... I'd, I'd rather
1: get the feedback and know if we're doing good or if stuff's not going good yeah. so we can change. Yeah,
0: absolutely. That's all right. Also, we got a few new iTunes reviews, and we do appreciate those as mm-hmm. well. Going to have everybody go to cadaverlab.com, get on the forums. We're having a good time up there. Let's see. And also, hopefully, now that we're only going to do a show every other week, we'll have more stuff on the front page. You know that? I mean, because it only takes a few minutes to get something on that front page. <laughs> Also, if you want to get a hold of us, email us at Mike at CadaverLab.com or Sam at CadaverLab.com. Sam got his first email. No, it's not yeah. your first No, I've
1: deal. had guys, hey, check this side. This is cool, man. And I click on some disturbing image that I have to hurry and shut down before I burn into my brain. <laughs>
0: Oh, uh, as usual, give us a call on the voicemail. The number is two zero six three three nine two seven three zero. That number is two zero six three three nine two seven three zero. And right now, uh, tomorrow, I'm going to get together those uh, prizes that I owe everybody, and uh, we will get those out uh, probably Monday. So be looking on, be on the lookout for those.
1: And order your cockring slash bracelets. <laughs> We had an email her say thanks for the cock ring, which was pretty funny. So <laughs> wow. I had not thought of that, uh, that in that tense, but now every time I put one on my wrist, I think I cry to myself because I think there's people out there that uh, would use this another way, and I'm slapping it on my wrist. Uh, it's unfortunate. I'll order the extra small next time.
0: <laughs> nice. Uh, way to go. All right. So is there anything else? <laughs> no. On that note, that's it. All right. So from the Cadaver Lab, we will
3: see you later.